Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Connecting to the Big Show. In three, two, one. When do we take control of our lives and our destiny? We're a small country, but we punch way above our weight. Like, I'm filming now at this stage, to be honest with you. I thought it was one of the hardest things to do. It was horrendous. We're the one for Cork and ready to talk. Can we just talk? Call 1850-715-996. Text or WhatsApp 083-396-9696. Email opinion at 96fm.ie. The lines are live. Let's kickstart the conversation. This is The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. On Cork's 96FM. Are you also nice? You know that. You're also lovely. The number of people who contacted me privately over the weekend and asked me, was it all right? And how's the voice? And how's the chest? I'm grand. I'm fine. But through the kitchen sink at it over the weekend. So hopefully it'll get me through now till uh, Christmas Eve. But uh, thanks very much for your concern. You're lovely people. You really, really are. Good morning. 1850-715-996. There is a walk-in vaccine clinic at the City Hall today. I'll give you more details of it as we go through queues all day yesterday. Yeah, it's got booster walk-ins for those over 40 as of today and healthcare workers over 30 and runs right through till 8 o'clock. So just to repeat that, City Hall has a walk-in clinic for the over 40s for today and healthcare workers who are over 30 and that is running until 8 o'clock this evening there were queues around the corner yesterday, hundreds and hundreds of people turning up for their boosters these are just boosters they're not first and second doses now first and second doses not at that clinic boosters only at City Hall, I'll be talking in a while with Professor Liam Fanning at UCC and among the things we'll be discussing is the importance of the booster and why the booster is so important to our bodies in in dealing with Omicron. Uh, He was uh, explaining it at the weekend and Liam is one of these great contributors to the programme who has the ability to break complex science down into simple English for you and me, which is great. But first of all, I want to go to uh, Dr. Neve Lynch because Neve put up uh, a video at the weekend uh, we all knew that Ryan, our Roy Keane used to do things like this but what prompted you Neve, to put up the video telling the story from a number of years ago good morning to you Hi PJ uh, well I, 
I was on social media on Friday night and I was looking around and I just thought, oh, this is so bleak. Yeah. <laughs> There's nothing nice out there. And I had I'd put that I had put that video up on um, my Instagram page and uh, TikTok because I have a kind of an educational TikTok and Instagram account, yes. which I use for parents. And uh, I put it up just for something different, you know. Yeah. And I was like, you know what? I, like Twitter can be so hostile sometimes, you know. And I just thought, look, I'll just, I'll put something nice out there and just see what happens. Yeah. Twitter is a oh, cesspit. Let's yeah. not let's not just put a tooth in it. But drive on anyway. <laughs> yeah, but it can, it can be pretty aggressive. But anyway, I just thought, you know what? Uh, I'll put something nice out there and I'll see what happens. It might cheer people up. And I put, I just popped it up like on Friday night. Put the phone down. Went to bed. Woke up on Saturday morning to like so many notifications and it was just insane. But you know, I think it just it was the first time I've ever put something up on Twitter where people haven't had a shot at me or everybody's agreed. Yeah. You know that Roy Keane is just sound. You know, for anybody who hasn't seen the video or heard the story, go through it briefly again for me. So basically, it was uh, I'd say it was around this this time this time of year twenty years ago. Um, where we had a very sick patient and we were we just weren't sure if they were you know going to make they were so so sick and uh Roy Keane came to visit the ward and um yeah I you know it just it just seemed to mark it could have been a coincidence right but it just seemed to mark a turning point for this particular child uh, Niamh, sorry, and did, did so he, did he yeah. just turn up or did someone ask him yeah. to come or what no no I know that's what he used to do he used to just rock up no I never met him like I always missed him he was so stealthy you know mm. like, he'd kind of sneak in and out he was only interested in meeting the kids that was my reading of it anyway you know and if staff happened to be around that was grand but like obviously that was before the time of selfies and things like that anyway you know yeah. Um, but his, his pure focus was to get you know get in and get out and see the kids and give them a bit of a lift, you know. Um, and he did that all the time. Like, you know, we'd often hear, oh, you know, Roy called in there the other day or whatever. He he just would do that. And that's just the kind of person he is, I think, you know. Yeah, yeah. He he, he got, And you got a call. You were very worried about this particular kid. Didn't, yeah. honestly, so, didn't think they'd make Christmas, correct? No, I didn't. And I was actually finishing up. So I, so I... I Part of my training was like most of my training for pediatrics was in Dublin, but I'd been in, down in Cork for six months. So it was my last week on the job. And um, the last time I'd seen this particular child, they were very, very unwell and the updates weren't great. And on Christmas Eve, I got a phone call from the child's consultant who happened to be the professor of pediatrics. And like he, he, he was, voice was wobbling, you know, he was so emotional about this particular kid and the fact that they were, you know, so much improved and that, and like, it was him who was saying that, you know, it wasn't me saying it was Roy Keane. He was like, everything changed after Roy Keane came to visit that child. So, you know, it, it wasn't me attributing anything to Roy Keane. It was the professor of pediatrics. So I was only a, a young trainee at the time, you know. Um, so it was lovely. And it was lovely that, you know, I was looking, that's the way it is for most medical um, specialties, but it, particularly in pediatrics you know we do get you know very invested in our patients and you how do. they do and especially at Christmas time you know so we all want that sort of that happy story yeah doctors who work with children you do don't you you get more invested than there's, there's something about pediatricians you really do invest in your in, in your patients it becomes personal well, we do, for a lot of you, doesn't it? Well, yeah, it does. And especially, I suppose, if you've kids yourself. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and that's not to say the paediatricians who don't have kids don't get invested. And you see, you know, like, 
when you look after a child who's three, who's very sick and yeah. they pull through, they have 80, 90 years ahead of them. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? They have their whole lives ahead of them. And it's great to be able to make that difference to that particular child, you know, mm. for the rest of their lives. And we know they won't remember us, which is great. <laughs> we don't mm. want them remembering us. But, you know, they'll go on to live happy and healthy lives and it's fantastic. Did you ever meet Roy since? You, have you ever met him? I never met him. I never <laughs> met him. And I th- I actually think if I met him, I would turn into like <laughs> some sort of a gibbering fangirl wreck, you know. Um, I, I kind of have freedom too, I'd say, you know. But no, I've never actually met him. He has that aura about him like even if he goes into the chipper for a burger which he does he walks is that right Keen? is that right Keen? he's got one of those stop the traffic that's right Keen. that's right Keen. <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely so no I've never actually met the man I'd mm. love to meet him in one sense but I'd kind of like I said I'd probably make a fool of myself yeah. everyone's got a, a right Keen story mine's a little different I now I wasn't in his company I would never be that that important but I remember a place I used to work many years ago and he had a habit when he'd come home from England for a weekend or whatever, he would gather his friends and they would book a table and they'd have pints and food and, you know, just have a bit of crack. A very well-known place in town. And one particular weekend, I heard one of the barmen telling me this story that one of his mates hadn't showed up. And he was saying, Where's, where is he? Where is he? Whatever, whatever. We'll say his name was John. Where, where's John? Where's John? Where's John? Ah, uh, John, John got a new job, Roy. John is up in Cashel. See? Cashel? Mm. Cashel? Yeah? Actually, up the road. He sent a taxi to Cashel to bring his mate down for a few pints and a bit of grub and sent a taxi back to Cashel with him afterwards. Mm, sounds about right. <laughs> That's Roy <Yeah>. like. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. But anyway, you know, I think he's made a, a big difference to a lot of people's lives and, you know, it's, you know, sometimes he gets a hard time in the media. I mean, like, I remember the whole Saipan thing. I was working in Dublin and, like, at work, we actually had serious fallings out you know, there was Team Roy and there was Team, what was the other fellow, Mick McCarthy? Yes, sir. Um, you know, like, and it was just, uh, there was actual bad blood about it, like, you know, <laughs> but I was Team Roy all the way. Well, you know the way they say the world is a neighbourhood, let alone a village, it's a neighbourhood. Do you never mm. guess who DJed at Roy Keane's 21st? No. <laughs> Fergal Barry, who's 20 feet away from me. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> so there you go. Thanks to a man yeah. called Dennis Flatley, who was manager of Night, Cl- Night Owl's Nightclub at the time. He was the chair of the Man U Supporters Group. So Fergal ended up DJing at Roy's, at Roy's 21st. But you could reminisce all morning with stories about the man because he's been doing this for years. He, he turns up like that at bedsides. He'll go to visit someone just because he hears a story. He'll find his way into the hospital. Yeah, I suppose, unfortunately, you know, during COVID you times, that, he probably yeah. can't do that, yeah. you know. Um, so hopefully when COVID is over, he'll resume his stealth visits, yeah. you know, and we'll all be happy again. Yeah, someone said to me one time out in the COH, the only person we see here as often as Bishop Buckley is Roy Keane. <laughs> Niamh, <laughs> listen, have a, have a lovely and I, I don't want to talk over with you this morning, so I won't. No, let's not. Let, let's not do it. Have a lovely Christmas. Are you working? Will you get time off? Uh, I, I'm off over the Christmas so yeah I'm working again around New Year's weekend but I'm off for Christmas so Alright have a lovely days. Christmas Ethan thanks for everything on the show during thanks, the year Thanks PJ Take care thanks. cheers That's Dr. Neve Lynch Yeah paediatricians doctors who work with kids very special people I'll tell you a story and I will not name the doctor um, but he was a doctor that our family was involved in uh, or involved with oh, it's 20 or more years ago now it's 22, 23 years ago now he was a paediatrician and uh, 
the boy wonder was in hospital overnight just for tests and observations and stuff and I stayed with him portable DVD player don't you know a lot of coffee and I went for a walk to stretch my legs at around oh god quarter past four in the morning and yourself now went to the jacks child asleep and soundly made myself a coffee went back to the room and on my way back I looked into one of these little cubicle rooms that they used to have these little tiny rooms and there's the boy's doctor sitting inside at the end of a little tiny bed and this bed has got all sorts of equipment around it. There's a little child in the bed. I'd say she's no more than the baby. I'm presuming it was a girl. The baby was no more than a year and a half old. Maybe two. And this doctor that we knew was was sitting over the bed. And I looked at the door, knocked in the door, and I said, ah, how are you doing? I saluted him. I said, do you want a coffee or anything? I said, I'm wandering around. No, I'm okay. I'm okay. I said, uh, is are they going to be okay? If I have anything to do with it. That was the answer. Are they going to be okay? Is it? If I have anything to do with it. Do you know? 1850-715-996. Am I good to go? Yes. I was, over the weekend, I was wondering what would we talk about in terms of Omicron this Monday morning? Because if you look at the, the science of it and the changes in the science, it's almost changing and moving faster than we can keep up with it, faster than we can learn about it. It's a really annoying thing because the last couple of variants, like Delta, you were able to read up on Delta, you were able to read up on the Alpha, the Beta before that. But Omicron is moving faster than we can read up about it. I want to spend a few minutes with Professor Liam Fanning of UCC. Uh, Liam, good morning to you. Good morning, TJ. And good to speak with you again. Um, this is an interesting development, worrying in many ways. I think it's fair to say, Liam, people are very nervous because Omicron is spreading almost faster than science can keep up with it. Are you personally worried about it? So I suppose where uh, I take comfort, if you like, is in um, uh, a couple of things. One is, uh, you know, the vaccination program and uh, the fact that many people are boosted, maybe not as enough, but a lot of people are vaccinated. And um, by applying the non-pharmaceutical, you know, interventions that we can to protect ourselves, um, I am um, as protected as I can be and my family and those around me and as a nation, you know, we are doing reasonably well on the booster campaign, but not, not as well as I w- would have liked. I think we dropped the ball on that earlier on in the beginning of the booster campaign. However, that's in the past um, and we are delivering it out at a pace. Um, and if you look at the numbers, PJ, uh, of uh, Omicron around Europe and, and compare it to Ireland. So I suppose to give some measure of, of, of where I feel things are, um, Ireland has had a fairly uh, stable daily new daily new confirmed covid cases per million. Yes. Over the last couple over the last good few weeks actually. Um and uh, it it is different to what has been happening in the UK and Denmark. Um so if you take kind of so they're two European countries, the Denmark in particular which is kind of somewhat similar to Ireland UK, a uh, bigger population, um different dynamic with respect to the implementation of the vaccine program in that they chose AstraZeneca instead of the RNA vaccines. And ours have been remarkably stable over the last while. I know we have had the uh, information from the CMO, I think, this morning or over the weekend that uh, Omicron is now uh, on a proxy uh, assessment, 52% of the cases. Yeah. We're not 
actually sequencing 52%, uh, sorry, all the, the samples that come in, but it's based on a proxy, PJ. And our numbers are quite flat. And, and that must in some case, compared to Denmark, De- Denmark is in what's called kind of, you know, a really kind of upward lift, exponential growth, as in the UK. Now, we may be... be- beginning to lift off but we'll need another couple of days data um, but we are quite stable at the moment with regard to our numbers per day in fact you could say that the five day moving average is actually moving down just a little yeah. bit the hospital um, numbers so were on the turn as well up to the end of last week i think they may still be on the turn i think you're i know you're right on that regard and if you if you if you look at where we are with regard to the the hospital numbers they have been stable and it's very interesting when you break them down to see kind of, you know, where are where are we with regard to ICU and who's in ICU? You know, we have uh, 53% of our ICU population uh, with COVID is unvaccinated and that's about 50 ICU beds, give or take. Um, and the average age of them, PJ, is about 38 compared to the vaccinated who are in ICU is 66. So you can see there's quite a, a difference in, in age profile there of the unvaccinated who are coming in, in into ICU. Um, and back to your point, where do I see where we are? I see we're going to have an ever increasing kind of population that's protected because of the, the booster campaign. But I would really love if that booster campaign was opened yeah. up to everybody. Can you? I think we heard... Go through maybe, I'd come back to the opening it up because it has been quite slow, you're right. The the boosters, they are helping our immune system. Now, try as I might, Liam, I can't get my head around what they're doing for us. But can you break it into layman's language? When I get that word booster, what is it waking up in my body? That helps me to fight. This. Okay, okay. So, uh, so we'll, we'll so just step back a bit. So, when you got your first set of uh, vaccines, um, you mounted the response, and then, if you like, the system kind of went uh, a little bit asleep, right? Okay. So you kind of had you went your 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 kind of active active immune system sort of went to sleep, went to you know, um, but not quite. And you still had troops such as the antibodies circulating around, kind of constantly surveilling. And when you get your booster shot, what happens is you automatically wake up your memory, your immune memory. So that's why the response rates for the booster are much quicker. They're about seven days. And what happens is when you wake them up uh, for the third time in this particular case, if you've got two uh, Pfizer's before, excuse me, PG, you're waking up everything. So you're waking up, if you like, the troops that produce the antibodies you're waking up the, uh, those those cells that actually recognize other infected cells. And you're not only waking them up, they're producing much, much more of themselves. So quantitatively, you have more than you had with the second boost. And, and they're more precise with regard to recognizing, in this case, the vaccine or if you're infected, the pathogen. Um, and they have a, a greater capacity to recognize it and to more quickly eliminate it. Yeah. So that's what's happening when you get boosted. And the antibody... Um, so we read the antibody that our bodies are producing is a little different to the and we've become so used to these things now the spike protein on Omicron (laughs) so we need more of them don't we we need to smother it rather than cling to it we will so uh, yes we do so it's a bit like you know um, think of them a bit like chewing gum maybe you know, the more chewing gum that you have stuck onto it, and if that chewing gum was like a chewing gum was like had a fluorescent light on it or a light on it, it alerts the immune system. I've stuck onto something foreign here. Come help me get rid of it. That's basically what's happening with the antibodies, and some of them stick better than others. So we know that the antibodies we raised against the Delta variant or the Alpha variant were really precise, really good, um, and if you like, the lock and key, the the key opened that lock straight away. 
Mm. Whereas with uh, with Omicron, it seems to have changed a little bit. So, you know, we'll say the key doesn't fit in a little bit. You've got to jiggle it a little bit to try and kind of yes. open it up, but it will still open it. And what we're doing by quantity is we're, we're if you like, we're, 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 we're throwing slightly less efficient at binding antibodies, but nonetheless, we're still binding to it to say, hey, look, this is foreign. We need to get rid of it. And we mm. call in those cellular troops, which are the T cells and the neutrophils and, and the macrophages. Now, you just went so around they're all cells. the T cells. The, those devils, they have a long-term memory, don't they? they as soon as they the do. antibodies alert them, they get into action. So what the T cells, they get into action. What the T cells job is, PJ, is if, if you have a cell and it's infected, what that cell does is it puts markers on the outside of it. And those T cells, T cells will recognize those markers. Hey, you're foreign. That cell is telling me I'm in trouble. I need to come in and I need to kill that cell. So that's what the T cells do. And the T cells are really important because if we have a very appropriate T cell response, it avoids, we don't get symptomatic disease. So when that T cell response is inappropriate, we get symptomatic disease and then you can end up maybe in hospital. So by getting the booster, you're making that T cell response more targeted and focused. It may not be absolutely perfect, but we don't need it to be because we have, if you like, the immune system is like an onion. It has many layers uh, on it. B and T are just two of them. And there are other layers that kick in automatically, no matter what the pathogen is. So when you have to see it for the first time, for the very first time with no vaccine. So the the booster creates more antibodies for us even though they're not exactly the right shape or we get more of them and then they they identify the t-cells and the t-cells do that do the heavy lifting which is kind of where we're so that's that and now i was reading or looking at a report from the university of hong kong uh, in the last few hours last couple of hours uh, liam which seems to suggest the way that um omicron infects the lungs is is a bit different to, to delta which means that down the road it may, may well emerge to be a milder illness like is is there evidence that you're seeing that this could be the milder in illness um, could it be much milder well i suppose that is that is the hope what we've seen is that the this particular virus seems to we'll say make more copies of itself uh, better in some parts of the lungs than in others, right? So what this means, it's kind of almost boxed into a, a less of a, an area in the lungs that it can grow in. So, But it's very transmissible, so it can get in there better. But in certain parts of the lungs, if you like, the production factory can make less. And uh, you know what I mean? So there's there's elements to the biology of Omicron which seem to be indicating that uh, it has narrowed the scope with regard to where it can grow best. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, if you want from um, a defense perspective, that means we have less to defend. You know what I mean? With regard to kind of the battlefield. Yeah. We're not, you know, we, you know, so that uh, it's producing less. But nonetheless, yeah. the, the virus that it's producing, PJ, is very infectious. And yes. it's very infectious because it's almost, um, if you think of maybe infection as a, as a, well, a series of steps, sequential, one must happen after the other. Instead of being at step two, it's already at step four yeah. by the time it gets into, do you know what I mean? So it's already it's already got a head start yeah. um, with regard to some of the mechanisms. This report I was looking at um, seems to suggest that it, it, it multiplies in the parts of your lungs where you get bronchitis more than the other variants which were more close to where you can get pneumonia. But because of the fact that it's multiplying in the areas where you get bronchitis, that brings the virus up your throat and out your mouth much faster. 
Well, when you cough or yeah. when you sneeze, yeah, you'll cough from that area of your lungs. Like think of it as the early part of the tubing system in the lungs. And you're not it's not so much from the deep part of your lungs, it's kind of that part of your lungs near your mouth, and you're then kind of exhaling yeah. much larger amounts of it. You know what I mean? So that's where it's but it also means though that it's kind of some of it's getting caught in the mucus that's in your lungs, you know, and that and that immunity that we have in our mucosal system, in the lining of our noses and, and that yeah. part of our lungs, is able to get access to it yeah. as well. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So a many a many faceted machine that the human body is as we know. Liam, the antivirals should be here by spring. How important are they now and how important is it they're available cheaply and easily? So um, these are a wonderful development in, uh, in sciences, amazingly quick, like really when you think of the, the development of drugs for hepatitis C and HIV and how many decades they took. And now we have in a matter of two years, you know, antivirals that attack a particular protein. Um, so we, 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 we stick with the science 101. But, you know, so this is a protein that's produced by the virus and it needs the, this protein to be active to complete its life cycle. And what this particular drug from Pfizer does is it interferes with that activity. And it, it slows down or stops the amount of viruses that are produced from the parents that get in. They're called daughter viruses. So, it, so there's less of them. And this is, this, so this means then that an individual, if they have an antigen positive test, gets rapid access to these drugs cuts down now they must take the entire duration of the drugs it's not mm. you know what i mean this is back to kind of you know proper responsible taking of these medicines um and that means then that the amount of virus that's produced is is less your immune system can get on top of it quicker because you've been vaccinated um and therefore there's less transmission so you're cutting the chain of transmission and you're reducing the amount of symptomatic disease which means you're reducing the amount of pressure on the hospitals reducing the amount in icu so it's really important that these drugs are, are available available quickly to people and yeah. at not at great cost. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Because, you know, the dividend for the state here should, is... Should they almost be over the counter, Liam? Um, oh, well, that'll be a matter now for uh, the, you know, the... Uh, oh, oh, I know, but I mean, I, like, in, a, in, in, in terms of, of, of an opinion, like, if you have to go to your doctor and get a prescription written and go to the chemist and get it turned over... That's half a day gone when you could... Well, it could be more. It could be more because, I mean, this is quite difficult to get access to GPs at the pro, at the moment because it's not... But what it would be nice is if you had an antigen positive test and say, look, you rang up your local pharmacist and say, look, I've had an antigen positive test. I've actually probably confirmed it by doing a second one. Um, I am developing symptoms for uh, associated with COVID-19 or I have them already as well. <clears throat> Can I have access to this particular drug? And they'll say, yes, Liam. Okay, you meet the criteria. Come up. Uh, they'll cost you so much for your four or five days course yeah. but you must take the entire course because the last thing we want is suboptimal use of these particular drugs because yeah. they're so valuable yeah. um, and that we end up maybe with resistance developing and so, we do not want that do you know yeah. what I mean so there might be a, a maybe a pharmacy consultation a bit like some of the codeine related drugs are that kind of thing perhaps yeah, yeah. absolutely now this is, that will depend on the safety profile ultimately as approved by the uh, the European Medicines Agency do you know what I mean so there will be it'll, it'll very much depend on and there might be caveats there are there will be some caveats about who can take these drugs and who can't because there's a second drug in there which means that not to get too technical about it but the two together work really well but one of them actually means that you need a smaller amount of the active drug and and that will interact with maybe other drugs yeah. so you've got to be careful so you've yeah. got to be careful with what are called DDIs drug drug interactions yes. and that's why it may 
ultimately mean that you might have to contact the GP because he or she will know best yeah. what they're, you're they're, on. I think that, don't they call them contraindications? I was reading something yes, yes. about uh, blood pressure drugs, cancer drugs, that you have to be very careful yes. throwing an antiviral into your body. Uh, if you are on certain cancer and, uh, or blood pressure drugs. And it's not so much the antiviral, it's, if you like, the other drug that's in there that that, that actually slows down the metabolism right. or destruction of the antiviral. It's actually that drug. Um, and that you're right, that would have a contraindication if depending on what medicine. If you needed medicines at a particular concentration and if they went too high, yeah. then there could be consequences for your overall health, which might, yeah. you know, which would, but, you know. So that's why I think it... They are coming and, and hopefully they will help. And like you say, it would be great if you could have a, a, a positive antigen, go to the chemist or call the chemist and say, look, I've just had this. I'll take a second one. Can I, can I have access? That would, be, that would be great. If you did... Or I'm on the following drugs. Yeah, you know what I mean? Do I need yes. to be not taken? Yes, so yes, yes. If we could get at these quickly and, and get them out into the, into the community, could it, could it stop community transmission? Uh, it certainly would reduce it quite significantly, you know, but it would have to be done under very careful guidance and there would have to be buy-in from the population to make sure they take all of the drugs. I know I've said that about three times now at this stage, but that will be really important. Mm. Yes, you're right. It will cut down because what it will do is it'll cut down on the amount of virus. And back to your earlier point, if you're coughing up, you'll be coughing up less. So if you're coughing up less, there's less opportunity for it to go on to find the next person. Yeah, yeah. It's... Look, the, the, the science is coming in and the medicine is coming in to help us, but we still have this thing now starting to rip through us like a dose of salts. And it means that, unfortunately, five days out of Christmas, we're going back into restrictions. Lastly, Liam, was that really the only option? Um, look, I suppose uh, you could, uh, uh, I wouldn't want to give Neffet or any of them a free ride, but you could almost say that, like, damned if they did and damned if they didn't. Um, and But you see, you've got to ask, who are we protecting? And that's followed by, we have to get used to being infected. So at the moment, who are we protecting? We are protecting the hospitals because our hospital system is bursting at capacity. And remember, you know, 50 of our ICU beds are taken up by unvaccinated individuals. And the call out is to please get vaccinated. Because remember, if you start your vaccine journey today, you are going to be at least uh, six weeks before, four, four, five weeks before you're fully immune and then you'll need your third shot afterwards. So it's not a journey that you can kind of say, I'll take my first shot and be vaccinated now. And the other thing too is we're going to have to, like this is a conversation also, PJ, about next winter. We have to get used to being infected and have the structures in place that we don't have to, we'll say, reduce freedoms to protect an infrastructure that has not been supported over the last two decades. And I mean the hospitals in that regard. So... Um, um, look, I think the future is better looking um, in, Jan- in in February and March, maybe not so much January because we kind of have a little bit of uncertainty. But Ireland is very well protected with regard to the amount of vaccines. It's an, you know, the more boosters and vaccines we can get in people, perhaps we can keep Ireland's viral, you know, the amount of people positive at that same level that we have and not hit that exponential level um, that they have in the UK and particularly in Denmark where it's after skyrocketing. Yeah, let's just go back to something you said earlier with regard to unvaccinated people. 50% of the uh, those in ICU are unvaccinated, but they're also younger. Correct. They're thir- the average age is 38 years of age. I mean, that's extraordinary for, uh, you know, when you compare it to the, the vaccinated are 66. That alone tells you the value of these vaccines. And many of the, un- the, the vaccinated that are in, in hospital have comorbidities. They've got other conditions yeah. as well. Do you know what I mean? And the unvaccinated are not just one homogenous group. You know, many of them are non-born Irish. Uh, maybe they get their news feeds from other parts of the world. Maybe they still get them from Ireland or they have concerns 
concerns that they still are unsure about, talk to people who are in the know. If you can get access to a GP or a pharmacist or a nurse or somebody, talk to them. Bring your concerns with you and let them address them. You know, I mean, uh, you know, there have been something like 8.7 billion vaccines given out worldwide. Many of them have been the RNA vaccines that we use in this country. In fact, nearly 80% of Ireland has been vaccinated with an mRNA vaccine. You know, they are extraordinarily safe. So if you have concerns, go to your pharmacist, go to somebody in, uh, in the know, stay off the internet, Go and talk to somebody, you know, the older day, uh, adage, it's good to talk, it's particularly mm. when it comes to concerns about vaccine. It really is to get that personal one-on-one to address your concerns for you and your family. Because bear in mind, we have the 5 to 11-year-olds coming out, yes. I think, is it next Monday or some, some, some very soon. And like, you know, again, parents and guardians need to be informed. And if they have any concerns before those vaccines become available, go to your pharmacist, discuss them or your GP or your nurse or a trusted friend um, who is informed um, and, and get that information. It's so important that we protect as many people because this is like an insurance policy yeah. for 2022. Do you know what I mean? We don't want to be facing into the winter of 2022 and looking down the same barrel. We really do oh, not. Lord, I, no, think as a population, not I think as a population it would nearly break us. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. If we're not you know, uh, slightly damaged already, PJ. Liam, thank you so much for your contributions to the Opinion Line during the year. Have a wonderful Christmas with your family. You too and happy, uh, happy Christmas to you and your family. Thank you. Bye-bye. Cheers. Thank you. That's Professor Liam Fanning at UCC. And I know we spent some time there and got a bit technical, but there's a lot of new knowledge coming out about Omicron. I advise anybody to go to uh, John Campbell's YouTube channel. He now has 1.8 million followers. And he was the one going through that University of Hong Kong uh, report about how Omicron infects us. And it's very interesting. And John is quite optimistic about the future for Omicron in 2022. And no doubt we'll catch up with him early in the new year and see how his predictions are going. But thank you. Uh, I know, I know it was detailed and heavy and it's the Monday morning of <clears throat> Christmas week and we'd rather be talking about anything else, trust me. But there you go. Martin says, PJ went for a booster yesterday in and out in 10 minutes. Fair play to all the staff. Is it possible for the booster to develop into COVID itself? No. No, it's not. You might feel a bit off, a bit naff for a day, but no. Uh, with the Omicron being faster at spreading, will it not increase our chance of herd immunity? That, Anne, is one of the hopes that if it spreads so fast and if it is milder, that in the long term, that is the hope. But the problem is it'll make an awful lot of people very sick on the way. But yes, Anne, you're right. That is one of the hopes that are out there. Can we just talk? The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. With McCarthy Insurance Group. Call them now for motor, home, business, farm, life and health insurance. CMIG.ie We're playing all your favourite Christmas hits after midday on Cork's 96FM. With your local mace, making it a Christmas full of smiles. Courts 96 FM. Now, the restrictions announced on Friday evening by the Taoiseach kick in this evening. All pubs and restaurants must be cleared, not just closed, cleared off the premises by 8 o'clock. And many other changes involved there. I think if you're a hotel resident, you're okay to stay. Weddings cut to 100 people, they can stay until 12 o'clock or something like that. But 
the nighttime economy has been just cut off at the knees with a, a week to Christmas, and you can argue about the necessity or the not necessity of it, but it's happened. And one sector that it's really going to affect are the taxis. Bobby Lynch is chair of the Cork Taxi Council. Hi, Bobby. Good morning, PJ. Five days out from Christmas, this is not the news you wanted. Uh, it's the news I know, but he wanted really, you know, especially us, because we 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 we're, we're destroyed as it is, you know. And fellas are just forced off the road. Fellas losing their plates. They can't afford to stay in the industry. Mm. Uh, we're not sure about the pop payments. The, the we have ministers telling us that we are entitled to it. Then when we go about it, they're talking about us. Yeah. And then they're putting a lot of barriers in front of drivers, which is ridiculous. Because you're all self-employed, so so that that has implications for claiming the pop, doesn't it? Well, it has, it has a course, but you see, the, the, thing, the thing is, PJ, right, when this kicked in about two years ago, they, they looked after the drivers that were under 65. And his driver that was pension age didn't get the pop. No, they didn't want the pop payment. They wanted their pension brought up to the pop level. Yes. So, so they could survive the industry. Now, a lot of them, unfortunately, we had a few deaths, and like... Then you have people cribbing, they can't get a taxi at night. Like, they must remember that taxi drivers can pick up this virus too. And which is more important, getting a taxi from the pub at night or trying to get an appointment with your, with, with your GP, which is impossible for some people. Yeah. And we're worried sick because a lot of us, as you know, PJ, we're all uh, most of us are, are grandfathers and what have you, and well, the fellas are going out to work. They're forced to go to work, uh, and there's no work there. They're sitting in cars. They're annoyed and upset. There's, there's people dying in the industry. There's people getting separated, fighting with their families and what have you. And no one in government cares about the taxi industry. You have the T-Shirt saying that he met and, and the Minister for Transport saying that he met with Jones. He didn't meet with Cock. We handed a letter into Mihal's Martin's office the morning of the protest. Now, the morning of the protest, there was a lot of drivers and to me wanting to go up Badenoch and pass Mihal Martin's house. And we said no. We wouldn't bring it to his area to upset the people that's living around him. Yeah. Our problem is with the government. Yeah. Not with the people around Badenoch. Yeah, yeah. And then we handed a letter into his office to be met with a lot of guards. And he never got back to us. Yeah. The only one that got back to me for a meeting, and it was a Zoom meeting, was Michael McGrath. Now, the only people in Cork who are fighting for the taxi industry at this present moment is Donico O'Leary, Mick Barry, uh, Richie By Barrett. Yeah, and uh, what, and what is it that she need, Bobby? Um, I, you know, I mean, it's I, I just we were out yesterday evening in town, the family, yeah. and we decided we get a taxi home. And never in all my years have I got a taxi so fast Christmas week. Yeah. Never. The, 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 like t- taxis are out, and uh, like the, some say they're out numbers. They're not. The fellas are coming out when when they think is the busiest time. What's the point? They're coming over at 9 o'clock in the morning when there's no one moving. There's no one travelling off the trains. The planes will be the same now shortly. And, like, this this industry is on its knees. Yeah. No, only for the likes of the, the pensioners that had no other choice but to walk through this the last two years. And a lot of companies did open, like the, the like Cock Taxi Co-op. 
They were transporting the dialysis patient up and down the country to hospitals. They were also bringing people to test centres, bringing them to their GPs and all that. And the lads didn't mind doing that. They knew it had to be done. But the government then turned around and just don't care one bit about this industry. And and what's not helping at all at the moment either, Bobby, is, of course, the cost of petrol and diesel. Well, that's affecting everyone. Like you went to the garage, especially in the forecourt, you have people crying. Jesus Christ is going up again. Like there's no control over that. Like I can't pass my cost onto the customer. Yeah. Even though I go in the morning, my insurance is going up five hundred euro. The diesel has gone through the roof. I can't put the cost on. But any other industry, I think, can. Hotel federations, all them they can add it on to the price of the room or the price of the meal or the price of the pint. We can't do that. Yeah. And we don't want to be fleecing people either. I know. We just want, to def- we want an even crack of the whip. Like, Hall don't care, don't care about us. Well, Bobby, you know what? There's a lot of people do care about the taxi drivers and I just wanted to give you a bit of space this morning to, to talk about what you're going through because you've had your industry cut off at the knees five days out from Christmas and look, it may be public health, it may be necessary due to public health but let us not forget the taxi drivers. Bobby Lynch, Chairman of the Cork Taxi Council, thanks for being with me on the Opinion Line this morning. Yeah, in town last evening, we were in... The, the family were just doing a bit of shopping, you know, yourself as it is, and a bit of lunch and thing, and decided we'd get a cab home. And I have never, in all my years, and I've had a few of them, in all my years, I've never got a taxi so fast, uh, five or six days before Christmas. There's something something badly wrong somewhere. Can we just talk? The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. With McCarthy Insurance Group. Call in person or call them now. They don't just talk the talk, they walk the walk. CMIG.ie On Christmas Day, Cork's 96FM wants to bring you a little closer to those who can't make it home. Here we go! Ho, ho, ho! You make every day feel like Christmas. Join Shane Bucks from 11am for our Christmas Day Cracker. We want to speak to your nearest and dearest, wherever they are in the world. So, if you know someone who's up for a chat, then get in touch. Email the details to reception at 96fm.ie. The Christmas Day Cracker from 11am, only on Cork's 96fm. The lines are live. And we're ready to talk. Can we just talk? Call 1850-715-996. Text or WhatsApp 083-396-9696. Email opinion at 96fm.ie. The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. On Cork's 96FM. 1850-715-996. The number to call and the text or WhatsApp is 083-396-9696. We'll be here right up to Christmas Eve. On the Opinion Line, Christmas Eve's a special show, putting some nice uh, seasonal stuff together for you and talking to some people uh, in advance of Christmas Eve. We have some fun here between 9 and 12, and I promise you, for once, it'll be a COVID-free zone. Christmas Eve, promise you, Christmas Eve, COVID-free zone on the Opinion Line. As best we can possibly manage it. Mind you, there are days when we've tried that over the last two years, and it has never, it has not worked. But we've done the level best we can to make... uh, Christmas Eve a COVID-free zone uh, this coming Friday. 1850-715-996. I'm joined on the line by Minister for Public Expenditure, uh, Michael McGrath, uh, because we've got a lot of restrictions 
coming back in this evening. We, we always hoped, we were told when we started to move away from restrictions in September that there would be no going back. When everything opened up around the jazz weekend, we were told there'd be no going back. We'd never go backwards again. Unfortunately, it's come to a point where where we really left with no choice. Minister McGrath, good morning. Good morning, PJ. How are you? Um, yeah, I think that's true. Uh, we are taking a step back, but I think nobody saw this new variant coming. And I know you've had a lot of experts on your show explaining the nature of this variant and just how much more transmissible it is. And we are seeing it ripping through many countries around Europe now. And so we are going to see uh, perhaps a very significant increase in case numbers in Ireland. And what we don't know yet is whether or not the variant uh, has a greater or a lesser effect on each individual that is, that is infected. Uh, there are some indications it may well be slightly milder uh, in relation to its impact, but we mm. don't know that for sure. And if you have such an increase in the volume of cases, then in, inevitably a certain percentage of those will end up uh, in our hospital system and an ICU and worse. And that is really what we're trying to protect um, the population against. So as of this evening now, everything's got to be shut and done and dusted by by 8 o'clock. Like, will the early closing hours over Christmas, logically people will just gather in houses and have and have house parties. So, you know, will it, will it be self-defeating? I think that's a very fair question and it is one that we have asked as well of the public health experts who are advising us and they would make the point that while some people may well just go to a house uh, instead of going to uh, a pub or a restaurant, not everyone will do that and in fact most people won't do that and their view is that by restricting the uh, opening hours, it will lead to an overall reduction in social contact. And um, by that, they mean, you know, us meeting each other and the contact that we have with each other at a human level. I think they're probably right. There will be some house parties with the best will in the world, uh, PJ, in the coming couple of weeks. And we're not going to be able to prevent all of that. Mm. Uh, But I think the vast majority of people won't do that. And um, this change will lead to an overall reduction in the level of contact we have with each other and it's at the population level uh, that that we are targeting that reduction of about 20 to 30 percent and uh, certainly the view of NEFIT and the advice that we're getting is that that gives us the best possible chance of uh, of limiting the spread of this enough uh, that we can we can contain it and manage the impact of it in our hospital system. And certain other parts of the world the Netherlands for example, have gone into a lockdown, parts of Canada going into a lockdown. All over the world, restrictions are ramping up again. Will we have to... There's even talk of a post-Christmas lockdown in England. Yeah. Do you think, Michael McGrath, that this is as far as we'll have to go or will we have to go further? I know Tony Hoolan has been denying that there's talk of a meeting on the 30th of December and he's denying that there might possibly be another lockdown early in the new year. But we can't say, can we? We, we can't give guarantees, uh, that is true. But what I can categorically say is that there is no 
plan for, for Neffet to meet in the next uh, week or 10 days uh, and there is no plan to definitively uh, introduce further restrictions. Uh, but, but you are right that many other countries are going further, uh, even already. Uh, I think we are in a somewhat better position because we now have about 94% of the adult population uh, have had two doses of the vaccine and the booster campaign is now really accelerating. So I think all of that gives us uh, uh, some advantage um, but we, we cannot be definitive I cannot come on your show and tell the listeners in Cork today that there is a guarantee that we won't have to go further but uh, the, the advice with, that we have received and the assessment from the experts is uh, that this will uh, probably be enough uh, to get us through and it, it is so important now that people continue uh, to uh, to do what they're doing, they are reducing their, their social contact, they are uh, reducing their, their level of uh, of engagement with others and uh, also that people would continue to, to go for the vaccine and it was great to see you know such large crowds in the morning especially yesterday at City Hall. But, but, but was, it, was it great to see those large crowds because Minister does that not indicate that we should actually have jumped on this a month ago and not five days to Christmas? Well we we didn't have the advice from NIAC to do that and they advise us on a vaccination strategy uh, and it is only uh, about a month ago that they would have said that even... But the did anyone did, pick up the phone to NIAC and say, come here, should we move faster on this? Like, do we wait for NIAC to come to us or do we go to them? We do go to them, but we respect their independence and we do allow them to make uh, their decision uh, in, in, in due course. And, you know, I think that... It has been helpful to the overall level of confidence that the public have in our vaccination program that it isn't politicians making the decision as to whether vaccines are safe and whether certain age cohorts should be getting a vaccine at different times. You know, that recommendation is made by uh, clinical experts and uh, we then act very promptly once we get that recommendation. But look, I think it is fair to say we would have liked NIAC to move faster than they did, uh, but they had to weigh up all of the evidence and the evidence was coming at them. Them mm. from all over the world and it is only about a month ago that they said people in their 50s uh, could get the, vac- the, the booster vaccine and then they moved quickly after that mm. to say everyone uh, I think over the age of 16 uh, initially uh, and now of course children uh, are recommended for it as well and we then moved as quickly as we possibly could and uh, I, I know you mentioned about the, the, the queues yesterday but for most of the day there were literally no queues and mm. anybody age 40 or over in Cork uh, could, could could turn up and get a booster. Yeah. And uh, there were literally no queues for most of the day. And they will so be open really right up to Christmas Eve, I believe, 8 to 8. Yes, that's correct. I mean, the best thing for people to do to check the most up-to-date information is to go on the HSE website, hse.ie. You can select each vaccination centre and it will mm. tell you what the schedule is uh, from here to Christmas. And it will tell you who is um, able to, to, to come for a walk-in. There will be certain slots that are for appointment only uh, because we're, we're, we're keen to continue with that as well. Some people yeah. like to have an appointment, uh, but the walk-ins are going well. And I, I don't think seeing Q is such a bad thing uh, and that's only for a very limited time yeah. even yesterday in most of the centres around the country uh, the, the, the queues were minimal for the vast bulk of the day Yeah, yeah. You know, people are asking the question though about you, you said to Nyack, about Nyack that you know, we respect their independence and respect their yeah. expertise and of course we do but at the end of the day they work for the government Michael, and you could pick up the phone, someone could pick up the phone, Stephen Donnelly could pick up the phone and say, come here, we need a decision and we need it today. 
Yeah, there, there is contact primarily with uh, the chief medical officer. It wouldn't be uh, at a political level, but uh, I, I do think that it could rebound very badly if uh, we were seen to place political pressure on uh, an independent body that is providing uh, expert clinical advice to the government. And I don't think that that would be helpful to uh, the confidence that the general public have in the vaccination programme. You know, we uh, our job is to be ready when the advice comes and to make sure that we can implement it as quickly Thank as possible. You. But it isn't really for politicians to uh, make uh, those medical decisions <laughs> or indeed to place pressure on them. Uh, and I think, look, we, we did have a among the most successful vaccination programs in the world. I think that's generally accepted. Oh, indeed. Uh, and when it comes to the booster, we will also well, be among the best. How are we on supply then? The, the, have we enough supply to boost everyone who needs one right now? Yes, we do. Supply is not a constraint. And I think that just underlines the benefit of being part of the EU-wide programme that we signed up to a number of advanced purchase agreements uh, because the EU is such a large block uh, they were able to secure uh, a supply from the manufacturers and you know they're already looking ahead to to future mm. iterations of the vaccine for example and indeed the uh, the medicines that are li- likely to come on stream uh, early in the new year uh, to to help treat people okay. who do contract covid um uh, the antiviral medicines and those can play an important role as well so supply isn't an issue okay. uh, and uh, we'll now work quickly down through uh, the age groups but you know the we all know from our experience that the biggest risk factor factor when it comes to COVID is age uh, and then, of course, an underlying condition as well. And at this point, the overwhelming majority of, of older people and people who are immunocompromised um, have had a booster vaccine and it is highly effective. Okay. That is the evidence we're getting. The two doses of the earlier vaccines uh, are not so effective now against contracting the virus, but it's important we explain this, but they still do afford a yeah. high level of protection. Yeah, Liam, Liam Fanning was explaining it early on this morning, okay. the third read really tops it up. Mike, Michael McGrath, the, the, the situation with regard to the new restrictions, one thing that's in there is a change in isolation, the isolation regime, yeah. even for people who are fully vaccinated. Now, it is inevitable, given the spread of Omicron and how wickedly fast it spreads, you're going to have thousands of people isolating. People who work in essential services like yeah. retail are going to be isolating. You, you could, in the UK, they used to call it a, a pandemic, and you thousands right. of people staying at home from work because they were told they were a close contact. That could that could lead to severe, severe supply chain issues with you know empty empty supermarket shelves and things like that. You, you, you've t- touched on what is undoubtedly uh, a risk, but I think that risk would be all the greater if it was accompanied uh, by widespread and uncontrolled transmission of this new variant. If we sure, allowed, but what plans have been put in place to help it not happen? Yeah, but, 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 but that is why that we are asking people uh, just to reduce their social contact and we are asking people to go for the, the, the booster vaccine and that's why we've had to introduce some really difficult restrictions. And my heart goes out, and I'm sure you'll talk about that in a moment, the sectors and the employees uh, that are directly affected yeah. uh, by that. Yeah. But that is why we, we have made those decisions because uh, if you allow Omicron to just spread uncontrolled uh, and you have these requirements around close contacts, then you would almost definitely see uh, the type of scenario that you outlined there come to pass where uh, where you know large parts of our economy and society uh, would be impacted by people having to restrict their movements. Mm. Uh, it but is, they will anyway, it, given it, the restrictions, you know. Uh, it, it, it is a risk. I mean, there is 
there is a, a protocol in place for healthcare staff um, that uh, enables the healthcare system to continue if necessary, and we have to extend that to other essential services and critical utilities, mm. that then we will seek to do that. Um, because you're right, when government got this advice from NEFIT, uh, we did tease it out with them. We saw the significance of it straight away, um, because somebody who even has had a booster will have to restrict their movements yeah. for five days. Yeah. And if you haven't, it's 10 days. Uh, that could have a very significant impact. We are we are alert to that, but it is the specific advice we received, and certainly we didn't feel as a government that that was one piece of advice that we could or should overrule, and uh, so we're going to, to work with it. It will be kept under very close review on uh, on a daily basis. We've, we have a specific group of senior uh, officials who have now been asked uh, to examine the impact of this day by okay. day. Because as you know, it, became, it can become a huge supply chain issue in the UK, and we we wouldn't yeah. want that happening here. Just on this, on the subject of spending public money, Minister McGrath, which is, which is your thing, as it were. The schools, the the money sent to the schools or made available for the schools, sixty something million on top of their usual winter services grant to put in things like HEPA filters and stuff and ventilation improvement. Did you wait too long for that? Well, I think it's. I think it is worth saying that we have provided a lot of extra money to schools since the pandemic first came uh, in March of last year. Uh, at this stage, it must be of the order of seven to eight hundred million extra provided to schools, and rightly so, uh, to assist them in you know PPE and uh, in making uh, adaptations to to their schools and their yards and classrooms that were needed, and all of that had to be done. And the government did not get advice that every classroom needs an air filter. Just to be clear on that, we got advice to say that there would be uh, certain settings and in certain circumstances, just depending on the built environment of the school, uh, the nature of the classroom, that air filters uh, uh, could play a role. Mm. And uh, we believe that the, the funding that we have provided right through, but that has now been topped up, is certainly adequate to assist schools. And I've spoken to a number of, uh, of principals uh, in the last number of weeks, and most of them, to be fair, acknowledge that we have we have generally looked after schools financially quite well over the course of COVID. Sure, Many sure, but what you, got, what you got now as well is you've got, and we were talking to one of them here last, last week on the programme, yeah. now that this extra money is there, that's great, but they're now trying to figure out, how do I get this stuff? Where do I go to get these filters? How, who do I buy them from? They're, they've got money, but they now have no guidelines as to where they're supposed to buy the stuff or what they're supposed to do. There is guidance from uh, the Department of Education and there is uh, a technical group within the department who are there to assist schools. Uh, that's certainly the information I have been given from uh, the department, so uh, I, uh, I'm sure that that is the case. And so principals and staff that are looking for guidance and assistance uh, should reach out to the department for that. It will be a case by case. It's not a one size fits all that you have to buy this type of filter. Um, like saying you're buying an air filter, it can mean almost anything. They range from, as I'm sure you've been told, I think three, four hundred euro uh, to two, two and a half thousand euro. Mm. So there is a wide range of them in the market and you're right. Yeah, but you've got, you've got the head, you know, head, headmasters and headmistresses from a couple of thousand schools all in the market looking for it's, I mean it's not an ideal situation 
Um, it, it, it's not easy. I, I accept that. And, you know, they've had to adapt and be flexible uh, in the last 21, 21 months or so. And I think they've done a remarkable job. Uh, the fact that in recent months our schools have, you know, remained open uh, and uh, in a very challenging environment. And I, I acknowledge the role of principals uh, and staff and secretaries. And Acknowledging is probably very welcome, but they're furious. They're all trying to look look for everything they need in a few days before the schools close for the Christmas. Well, I have seen I have seen the uh, an actual guidance document from the Department of Education that does go into technical details uh, around air filters. So uh, I assume that that has been issued to schools. I have certainly seen it. Um, now I accept that their time is precious and it's difficult for them to sit down and work through you know a whole set of options mm. and make a decision as to what is the right option for their school but uh, they should contact the department yeah. uh, for guidance and assistance if they are making that decision but a number of them have already moved ahead sure what doesn't help at all is trying to get your hands on a tradesperson at christmas i mean that's that's the that doesn't help either but look it it, it is what it is and we are where we are and we're kind of sick to death of saying that for the last nearly nearly 2 years just in terms last Lastly, Michael McGrath, of the private hospitals, we had a really good deal with them at the start of all of this that we could push non-COVID medicine into private hospitals if we got a surge in the public sector. Is that, I mean, if we're heading into another January with an inevitable surge of Omicron, is that there? Is there a provision in the private sector that they would take over non-COVID medicine if we became overwhelmed in the public sector? Uh, yes, there is a safety net agreement in place between the HSE and the private hospital sector and uh, there there have been various versions of that uh, going back uh, since March of 2020 and in fact some of it was invoked again at the time of the ransomware attack on the HSE system uh, but there is uh, a provision there and an agreement in place. Uh, at the moment it's being used primarily as I understand it for non-COVID care mm. uh, but we will not hesitate in using all of the capacity that is available to us, both public and private, uh, to manage our way through this. So, yes, there is an agreement there and uh, there are various trigger points, uh, depending on the number of cases, the number of people in hospital and so on, that then trigger the right of the HC to invoke uh, certain access uh, and, that and that's all they're increased. signed off on in terms of in terms of a contract. There so is an, it will there be is dealt an agreement with. in place. Because yeah. yeah. some of the some of the public hospitals in Dublin were saying they couldn't get access to ICU in, in the in the private ICUs when they needed places. Yeah, I, I heard that on the media as well, and I don't know all the details of of the specific case, but uh, certainly uh, there there are agreements in place, and uh, you know we hope that we don't need to use them very much, but if we do, uh, that is why they are there, okay. and um, the HSC will be there to manage that. Lastly, um, it's four days to Christmas or five days to Christmas. We never expected to be here again. I don't think any of us did, but isn't it fair to say, Minister? that we can talk about being critical of many of, of all sorts of things, but most people, most people have done a, sup, a super job in trying to deal with this, haven't they? They have. People have been remarkable. I mean, this is really tough, and uh, we didn't expect to be back in this place again, PJ, and um, my heart 
really goes out to the people who are losing their job today or lost their job over the weekend because of the decisions that we've had to make and all that I can say to them and to their employers is that we will do all we possibly can to support them uh, the uh, PUP payment is open for new applications uh, and applications will be turned around very quickly mm. but we would ask where possible for employee, for employers to keep the employees on the books uh, because we have reinstated the top rates of the employment wage subsidy scheme and I think it's far better that we would try to maintain that connection mm. and tomorrow we will be outlining further supports uh, for the sectors that are the most directly impacted we've already extended the commercial rates waiver to the end of March we've uh, reinstated the top rates of the wage subsidy scheme uh, we will be outlining changes tomorrow to another scheme, mm. a COVID restriction support scheme that will involve a weekly payment uh, to those that are directly affected so we're doing all we can okay. to help but uh, ultimately it is the collective efforts of the Irish people uh, that again we are calling upon and, and, and that's, that and that's where I wanted to finish with it because yeah. I think we are, to be fair now Michael Grau, let's finish on a, on a very positive note we have been as a people we have been bloody brilliant we have and it's borne out by the evidence because uh, when the full story of COVID is told and it will be told because this will end and it will be behind us at some point hopefully in the not too distant future uh, Ireland will be seen to have handled it well and the Irish people will have been seen to have responded uh, in a remarkably positive fashion and that will be uh, underlined by the evidence of uh, of the number of deaths tragically and there will have been too many um, but compared to so many other countries it will be at a much much lower level and I think that is because of the efforts uh, that the people have made and we are asking asking them to go back to the well yet again. Uh, this is a variant, the like of which we've never seen before. Uh, we thought Delta was transmissible. This is two to four times more transmissible. You will catch this a lot more easily than you could possibly imagine. So please do exercise uh, extra care in mm. the coming days as we get... Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your Cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. 
Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Get to grips with this, and we will. And I've no doubt with the support of the people, uh, uh, we will defeat this variant as well. Minister McGrath, I, I know you're a family man, Michael. Would, would, I, I hope you get some time off with your family over Christmas. Thank you for your contributions on the opinion line over the past 12 months, and do take care. Thanks, PJ, and, th- and happy Christmas to all of your listeners and, uh, and everyone on the show. Thank you. Thank you. 1850 the Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. Call us now, 1850-715-996. On Corks 96FM. Just stop down for a second here to wish... Uh, success, continued success to a friend of the show who steps down or has stepped down in the last 24 hours uh, as Director of Public Health for Wide Bay in Queensland. Beautiful, beautiful part of the world and he has been working literally seven days a week on outbreak control and outbreak management in Queensland uh, for almost two years and he stepped down from his position in Wide Bay uh, this week. They're moving home, are the Conroys, moving back to Ireland in the new year. Niall and his wife and their little boy, Bo, who was born in the very early part of this year and uh, I wish them well Uh, we've had some fantastic conversations with Niall on the opinion line one of the most insightful knowledgeable and and outspoken contributors we've had in the entire course of the pandemic and to have the level of outbreak control talent that is Niall Conroy coming back home to Ireland can only be good news for us here wherever he ends up working so congratulations Niall on the move I know you'll miss Australia uh, but It'll be good to have you home and we'll talk as soon as you and the family land back in Ireland. If you want an interesting conversation with Niall Conroy that goes into things other than COVID, have a look at my my podcast. Uh, you'll find it 20 minutes with on Spotify. I've paused it at the moment. I'm bringing it back again in the new year. I paused it because December is a busy, busy, busy time. But uh, there's an interview in there with Niall Conroy where we explore a little bit more of the man behind the story. Uh, fascinating guy. Fascinating guy. So, well, good luck to, to you, to Niall, and to your wife and to Bo uh, in your future. And we'll talk to you soon. 1850-715-996. Reminder to you as well, if you're getting tired of all this COVID talk, you can get rid of us and go over to Cox 96, miss. Uh, 24 hours a day, non-stop festive hits with Bridgestone and Desi's Tires at Blackpool, Little Island, Carrigaline, Vickers Road. Great deals for almost 40 years and open seven days. You can listen now on the Quark's 96FM app or go to 96FM.ie. I'd rather you waited and <laughs> went over later and stay listening to us. But 96mus is there right now. 1850-715-996. One thing that's going to be very difficult over the holidays is maintaining sobriety for people who struggle with drink. And I was thinking over the weekend how much easier or harder it will be for people to maintain their sobriety now that an awful lot of the drinking will be done at home again. And maybe the changes we're announcing or that are taking effect today, maybe they'll make life harder for some people. 
I will talk to Michael Gearan next. Can we just talk? The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. With McCarthy Insurance Group. Call them now for motor, home, business, farm, life and health insurance. CMIG.ie. Access all areas on Cork's 96FM. Your guide to nightlife on Leaside. Hi, it's Michael here with an update on Cork's entertainment. An evening with Reggie is the debut play from Cork's most beautifully spoken man, Reggie from the Black Rock Road. Written and performed by Pat Fitzpatrick and directed by Pat Kiernan, an evening with Reggie runs at the Everyman Theatre from April 2nd to 16th. Access all areas. More acts have been added to Indy 22 with the academic Wild Youth, Parshihi and Roy Seven among those joining Bastille, Fatboy Slim and Rudimental Live on the August Bank holiday weekend in Mitchellstown. Access all areas. Feel free to let us know at Access All Areas if you have a show, play or exhibition coming up or any live streaming events by mailing us at aaa at 96fm.ie. Access all areas. Your guide to nightlife on the side. On Cork's 96FM. Can be a very, very difficult time to maintain your sobriety if you are a person who struggles with maintaining their sobriety. Um, and that's with or without any restrictions. Let's talk to Michael Gearan uh, of Brewery and Tiochverda. Michael, good morning. Good morning, PJ. It's, it is a difficult time, regardless of restrictions or not. Maintaining sobriety over Christmas, it's a tougher call than at any other time of the year, isn't it? Yes, absolutely, PJ, because at Christmas time, traditionally, it's a time when, when people drink more than they would during the course of the year. I'm talking about the general public now. And you also would see a lot more consumption of alcohol in homes at Christmas time than you would during the year. So I suppose particularly around individuals who would have stopped drinking and this would be their first Christmas drink free. We often have to deal with a lot of anxiety with people um, in that situation and they're worried about um, being in, in the proximity to individuals who are consuming alcohol or maybe consuming a little bit more than is good for them um, and the effect that will have on them. I suppose that's complicated by the fact that it's difficult for us and has been for a couple of years now to provide the level of person-to-person contact we would like to with these people. And a lot of our interactions are conducted via Zoom and via phones and that kind of thing. So it it is a trying time, there's no doubt about it. Someone who put it put it to me a few years ago about dealing with sobriety at Christmas, and this is someone who'd been who's been sober for quite some time, said there's always the possibility that someone will offer you the one bottle. And they'll say, ah, sure, God, one bottle. To which the answer was, one bottle is too much. And the entire contents of your drinks cabinet is not enough after that bottle. That's the mentality. Is One bottle is what tips someone over the edge. So don't even offer a person one bottle if you think they're struggling. Yes, absolutely. And we constantly say to people um, that we're dealing with that, the thing that they need to concentrate and focus on is not picking up the first drink one day at a time. And if they are successful in that endeavour, well, then the fifth or sixth or umpteenth drink doesn't become an issue because they've stayed away from the first one. And again, we would say to your listeners, if there is somebody um, who within their social circle or within their circle of friends or family who might be in recovery from an alcohol misuse issue, that they need to be careful around these people and, you know, be respectful of the fact that it is actually more difficult for for people 
um, at this time of year with alcohol misuse issues than it would be in, in normal times. Mm. And the other thing we need to remember, PJ, is that alcohol misuse disorder is a chronic condition. So just because somebody hasn't taken a drink for a number of years doesn't change the fact that they are still alcoholic, for want of a better description. Right. And the risks, even though they may be lower in the case of somebody who has a number of years sobriety behind them, because their confidence in staying drink free would be high, would be higher. They are nonetheless alcohol dependent forever. Um, so there needs to be a certain level of baseline mm. vigilance with that person. I, I think um, we sometimes forget that, don't we? You know, so-and-so hasn't had a drink for years. Sure, surely one won't kill them. Actually, it could. It could. And I mean, we have come across cases um, where people have recommenced drinking. Now, these are very few cases and they're extreme. But we have come across cases where people have picked up a drink again after 15 or 20 years. Oh my God. Um, and and in the vast majority of cases where that has happened, um, it hasn't been because somebody has had a huge adverse event in their life that caused them again to turn to drink for consolation or anything like that. In a lot of cases, it's born out of pure complacency. Yeah. Um, and kind of forgetting where one comes from. Okay, yes, yes. Um, That's and, the frightening and, and, thing. Yeah, yeah and sadly... Thing. People, when that happens, it can be extremely difficult for those people to get back to the place that they were in prior to picking up that drink. So yeah. it, it, it's very, it is chronic, there's no doubt about it. Michael, do restrictions that are coming in as of this evening, do they help or hinder or do they make any difference? I was considering that while the, I hadn't thought about that, but I considered it while the commercial break was on. They're certainly not helping. Because any restriction that is placed on the hospitality pub industry because of COVID, and I understand that they have to be there, is certainly driving alcohol consumption more so back into the home. Um, and I, I worry sometimes about the extent to which our drinking culture was turning from pubs towards homes ever before COVID. But that transition from pub drinking to home drinking was accelerated by the restrictions that went with COVID-19. Um, and there are a number of two primary issues with that. One is the price of off-licensed drink. And number two is the fact that there is no portion control whatsoever in the home. Um, so the fact that the, the, the hospitality industry now has kind of been half closed down because of the impending Omicron variant um, it certainly will result in more drinking taking place at home and will, in all likelihood, um, put people at greater risk of developing abusive relationships with alcohol. And yet, finally, you also have been, I won't say opposed, but dubious about the calls to close off licences because I think you believe that might cause more harm than good. I do. I mean, on the one hand, yes, it might cause more harm than good, but we also need to be respectful of the fact that there is a very high percentage of people out there who enjoy alcohol responsibly. And I don't think it would be fair to them to to restrict off-license sales in any way um, because the, the day, alcohol is not in any way harmful to them. And it, the fact of the matter is people who are active with alcohol misuse disorder anyway, they tend to find drink by fair or foul means if they want it. So I don't think mm-hmm. closing the off licences or restricting them in any way would make any difference. Yeah. I, I just I pick up on that term you've used it a couple of times now. I've not heard you use it before. Alcohol misuse disorder. Is that a new term? 
No, I mean, there are a number of interchangeable terms that people use. One is alcohol dependence syndrome. The other is alcoholism. And the other one that I used this morning was was alcohol misuse misuse disorder. And those terms, PJ, can be used interchangeably Mm. to to describe the same condition. I think I I actually think I I quite like that one. It it, it speaks a lot of sense. Michael, um, first of all, have a good Christmas and a good New Year to yourself and everybody that you work with. Uh, I know you'll hopefully spend some time with family. Um, If anybody needs to reach out in in a in a desperate moment, where can they go? Yes, PJ. Um, our our services at Coonvera Brewery and at Chockfora Cork, in particular, for the residents of Cork City, will be open over the Christmas period. Um, and Joe and his team, particularly as this pertains to Cork City people, know Joe and his team at Chockfora Cork will be available throughout the Christmas period to provide any support that we can for people that might be struggling. And again. The handiest way to find Chockvera Cork for Facebook users is please go on to Facebook and search for the Chockvera Cork page, which would enable somebody who is in difficulty via the instant messenger facility to access a professional in one click. Chockvera Cork is the page on Facebook. All right, Michael, continue to do the great work that you do at Chockvera and indeed at... Uh Brewery in Coonvera and uh, have a good Christmas. Thank you. If you have any kind of a bad back, right, trust me when I tell you that from down until about the 2nd or 3rd of January, you're nervous because if there's any kind of a twinge at all from the back, it's very hard to get the help that you need from a physio or from a chiropractor or from a doctor. It's, it's hard. And if your back starts to give out, you could be in severe trouble over the Christmas. I remember a number of years ago, I pinged my back uh, on the 23rd of December, reaching, believe it or not, reaching for the chicken wing. And I pinged my back and I was in agony till about the 5th or 6th of January till I could see somebody. You don't want that happening. Laura, Laura Galvin is from physioshop.ie. Laura, good morning. Morning, PJ. How are you? Anybody with a troublesome back, the next week and a half is a nervous time. You watch it, the slightest twinge, you wonder, oh Christ, am am I headed for trouble? So how can we avoid that? Well, I think to be honest, we're all feeling it at the moment because of restrictions and we've all adapted to working from home and being at home. So I think we've all realised what's going on with our backs and it's a stressful time and when you're stressed as well, everything else is tense. Um, movement is a huge thing that needs to be considered. It's very, it's underestimated. It doesn't have to be even going to the gym or, you know, you don't need extreme equipment. Uh, getting up every hour when you're sitting at your desk, if you're working from home and you feel you have a twinge or a pain, you just need to get up and move around, set a reminder on your phone mm-hmm. that to get up and walk. Because we've all been working from home, I suppose we're reducing our walking even throughout the day. We're starting to sit at our desks and reading our lunch as well at our desks to finish work earlier. So by um we at Physio Shop we actually have a lumbar pillow at the moment. It's on offer um and it's great for chairs at the back of the chair when you're sitting down to take the weight off your lower back. Mm. Also as well, um if you were to put um like a footstool underneath your feet just to lift the weight again off your lower back if you're feeling it's your lower back. Mm. Um we are open throughout the uh Christmas period. We're just off during Christmas Day and Stephen's Day, but we're back on the Tuesday, the 28th. Um, in Balling College, we're available for appointments mm. throughout Christmas. And we are um, 
on call as well. When we're going to be posting videos about how to take care of your back, Good. showing exercise and stretches from home. Yeah. Again, no equipment is needed. I think that the, the, the working from home has caused an awful lot of bad posture. Like a kitchen table, no matter how comfortable it is, it's not a proper office. No, it's not. And that's the main thing. And people have been like, you know, if anyone's isolating or if they're even there's kids at home from school or, you know, your workstation is vital and people are working from their bedrooms. They're sitting on their bed. They're just trying to change things up. And it's it's all about, I suppose, convenience. It's not ideal to be working from home if you don't have an ergonomic chair either. So that's another major thing we're seeing in the clinic at the moment, to be honest. Um, And again, it's more about prevention. If you feel that your back is sore, pop on the coat and the hat and go out get your steps and go for a walk and like you know a lot of people think when their backs are sore they can't they might be better off lying down that's not entirely the case if it's just a stiff back you're getting yeah. movement is the key really yeah. it is simple exercise like walking up and down the stairs a few times does that help yeah it does um you wouldn't even have to walk around the stairs you know you could go walk around your house or walk around the block outside you know if you feel like it's too sore and you could twinge your back if it's feeling tender you don't want to be putting extra pressure going up the stairs so a simple walk on the flat would be fine lying down the floor and bringing your leg across doing a lower back stretch mm. again that's that's vital as well mm. um and we will be posting videos over the christmas showing what we are a, a simple stretch with no equipment needed and that's for every all levels of fitness, even if you feel you can't even grab your leg and you're lying on the floor, we do we do modify the moves for you. You know, it's yeah. for all ages. It's not just like we're seeing people doing their leaving cert at the moment again, who are you know under serious stress and pressure in school. And it's all about prevention, really. Like a lot of people come for maintenance treatments once every eight to six weeks. I'd see people quite regularly, and they find that that's crucial. It's just when the muscles get tight and you get that feeling okay we're in trouble that's when you need to act as opposed to leaving it get that bit worse yeah and again at christmas time sure we're all guilty of sitting down and watching tv and you know it, it is a time to get up to take relaxation to a new level but <laughs> again it is vital to um just move moving is the secret really yeah yeah it's that's being thro- thrown down on the couch all day long that's not good for your back and no it's yeah. not and as you said to be honest like a simple thing like you know as oh, what happened to you when you said on the 23rd and you got a chicken out of the oven or something like a I reached for a chicken yeah. and whatever way I moved ping I was in agony for about the next yeah. bit exactly and that's probably it like you probably had pain previous to that but you weren't aware that it was that sore that it was, you were on the brink of you know having to lie on the flat of your back till you were able to move again but again, if that's the case and you do get that pain, put heat on it yeah. and try to walk around your back or walk around your garden wherever you can um, and just get moving because it's not ideal to sit down or to lie down because everything else will seize up. You'll have muscle guarding going on yeah. and a few variation things can happen. So the secret is to move really um, yeah. and prevention is the key. M- muscle guarding, actually, that's where re- you get serious pain from muscle guarding because the muscles, you do, yeah. they clench up. In, a, in like a like a ball, like a knot to protect the damaged area. You get more exactly. pain from that than you do from the damage. Yeah, you definitely do. Definitely do. Yeah, but we are open throughout the Christmas um, period. And again, for anyone that's working from home, if they're looking for any stocking fillers or anything, Physio Shop, we have a great range of stuff and there is a sale on as well for any stocking fillers or if anyone's looking to buy a gift or anything because they're practical presents and you do use them. Excellent. All right, listen. Uh, thank you, Laura. Laura Galvin of physioshop.ie. Look after your back over Christmas. Get a, get a walk, stretch. Do what you're all... To, we're all told to do and I'm told... My, my wonderful Cairo always says to me, Maria, I'd be lost without the woman. She always says to me, stretch, 
stand up every day during that program and stretch. I stand up every second ad break and stretch my back just to make sure that it keeps the muscles from seizing up. You have to. I've had a bad back, lads, for 30 years. I know what I'm talking about. Can we just talk? The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. With McCarthy Insurance Group. Call in person or call them now. They don't just talk the talk, they walk the walk. CMIG.ie The lines are live. And we're ready to talk. Can we just talk? Call 1850-715-996. Text or WhatsApp 083-396-9696. Email opinion at 96fm.ie. The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. On Cork's 96FM. Quick one to mention, uh, I don't want to forget it. Uh, Katie Gould was on the show recently talking about a lack of secondary school places for children like her son who have autism. Uh, Katie and other parents will be at the Castle West Shopping Centre in Ballincollig this afternoon about half three. They're doing a postcard campaign to the Department of Education and the National Council for Special Education. They're asking for autism classes in Ballincollig School to be guaranteed for September of 2022. If anybody would like to support them, they can sign a postcard and they'll post them all off. That's three o'clock today, or half three today, <clears throat> at the Castle West Shopping Centre in Ballancolig. Happy to mention that one. Now, the food industry has had a torrid old time uh, during uh, the pandemic, as in with restrictions in the hospitality sector. And here they are again now, three or four days out, more restrictions loads and loads of bookings that people are going to be meeting for a bit of dinner, half seven, eight o'clock these nights, even if it's only three or four of you going out for a dinner and a couple of drinks you know, loads of cancellations happening it's been another torrid time for the hospitality sector but Elke O'Mahony wrote a great piece in the Cork Independent recently about the positives of the food industry and how in actual fact the food industry and hospitality and areas of hospitality have adapted and pivoted and changed themselves to a, to take account of the pandemic and you've got some new heroes Elke I think good morning to you good morning PJ how are you good. Uh, yes it you know it's in the last year especially 2021 has all been about negativity and so on and but there are a few people who stood out who just said you know what we still do what we can do, the best things. And they just had lovely messages around uh, their work and, and, and their lives and so on. So Richard Jacob and Marie Jacob from Idaho, yeah. you know them. Always positive, you know. Obviously, they had a hard time as well. But there was always kind of a, a, a wink there. There was always a little joke there, you know, and and always lovely to see. And they had kind of this, you know what, we have, it is what it is. I mean, let's make the best out of it. And then you had people like Judy Wilkins from from the Rising Suns, who really, uh, uh, um, I mean, as you know, pubs have been really dealt a big blow. But you know what? They just adapted and they offered them cakes to could take home, and so on. You know, they had really, really good uh, just can do. And there are, if you look back uh, of the year, you had uh, uh, places like Greens. The glass curtain, for example, glass curtain only opened in summer 2019. Yeah. And then come March, they had to close down, you know, and you kind of said, oh, my God, they just got established. But they turned around and said, you know what, take the glass curtain home. And they had these beautiful packages mm. where you had the restaurant standard food for home. 
you know, with instructions and everything given. Uh, um, I remember that Brian McCarty, who was in Greens at the time, they even matched the wine and the cocktails to the meal mm-hmm. and so on. You know, so it was really, really good. So, yeah, I have new heroes. And, and also, you know, when you look at, at what businesses opened in the middle of the pandemic, I mean, you think... How crazy do you have to be? You know, <laughs> I mean, we had. I mean, see, look at look around you. Cork has changed so much in the last year. I mean, we have, for example, the Food Street and Harley Street. Yes. You know, which it's lovely, isn't it? And, oh, and, and, some and, wonderful, wonderful food oh, in there. Wonderful absolutely. Food. But then you know we have, for example, uh, uh, three places or four places opened actually last year. One was Tiki Pork. As during the year, the Tiki Pork in Washington Street. Then we had Sensei in Dyke Parade, which used to be kind of a corner shop. It's now a, a lovely um, uh, um, sushi place. Then we have Massey Town Rotisserie in the old Brackens place sure. in Paul Street. And then you had this lovely, and I forgot the name now, but in French Third Street, three Italian friends just opened up in the middle of the pandemic, just opened up a pizza place, you know? Yeah. It's 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 <laughs> it's wonderful to see yeah. that there's still streamers out. How crazy <laughs> do you have to be? And not to mind, the quality of stuff you can buy out of a food truck. Oh, absolutely. Yes. Oh, God, yes. I mean, when we were able to travel again, uh, we, we, we took the car and the camper van and we just travelled up the country. I mean, we had beautiful fish in Kinsale. I mean, it was just out of this world. And we had uh, uh, um, Toast in Belling Law, for example, you know, they got really good cheese toasties and so on. Mm. Then we had uh, uh, the, the lovely, there was a lovely mobile ca- cafe, kind of food uh, food truck cafe in Garrickstown at the weekends at, during summer, and they had really beautiful fresh food and everything. Then in Connecticut, you had 8020 Burgers, who have a secret sauce kind of thing, but who use local beef to kind of create the best burgers that there are. There is really so much happening. It's It was, ama- it was great to see. And you know what? It was great to see kind of that they said, pandemic, we do it anyway. And they succeeded and they worked hard and so on. But it was good to see that there were still dreamers out there who said, ah, we don't let that stop us. You know, no, I was delighted to see all this. You have a lovely quote, actually, in the piece you wrote in the Cork Indo. Uh, The people who are crazy enough to think they can change the world are the ones who are doing it. Steve Jobs. Steve Jobs said that uh, I was a big fan of Steve's job, uh, Jobs, and uh, uh, and he's right, isn't it? He's absolutely right. I mean, most of us, and I, to be honest, when the pandemic came, I said, okay, I sit down and I wait it out, kind of thing. But then, you know what? If we all would do that, we wouldn't have the the amazing things that are around us now. Because if everybody would have done that, we wouldn't have the lovely uh, places that are opening up. We wouldn't have seen the beautiful food trucks that we had, uh, and so on. So no, it's it's really really good to see. I have to say, and I'm mm. glad that they exist. That they give us hope. <laughs> do you <laughs> and think? Dreams, and you know? and and this damn thing, it 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 will end, and we need to keep telling ourselves that every every yes, opportunity, yes. it will end, and we Absolutely. will be okay. But do you think that the some of the stuff that has developed will it stay with us? Do you think that the, the lovely trucks on, on a beach are here to stay? I think so because we, we look, uh, um, I okay so I think that the ones at the beaches will because they could see how much money is to be made in a food truck at a beach because people are going there for the whole day, they get hungry, they get peckish they get thirsty Food truck, brilliant idea. The food trucks in the city, they might change. Mm. No, for example, we had in Ross Carberry, for example, uh, uh, the Celtic Hotel, Ross Hotel, 
they have a lovely food truck outside when they had to close, you know. So I don't know if they will keep that open. Um, the the Kingsley, for example, had an outside uh, a food area as well, kind of a takeaway kind of thing. So I say they stopped that simply because they can go back to normal. But I think the, the ones who really started it as a business rather than as a sideline, I think they will. They are here to stay. I really think so. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. Elk, you have a, what, <laughs> what do you do yourself for Christmas Day? Will you have a, a normal day? It will. Yes, I love Christmas, and I have traditions which starts with a glass of champagne <laughs> whenever I wake up. I get a glass of champagne. And <laughs> I'm, I'm, it, that, hang I on a second now. Hang on a minute. Whenever you wake up, you're not cracking open a bottle at half eight, like. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely, darling. Absolutely. Good on you. It's seven, anything between six and seven, I wake up and I will have my glass of champagne. It's the only day of the year where I do that. And uh, we have, we so we normally have, it's uh, just the two of us, so we might have his son staying with us. But uh, um, it's, uh, Terence is the only one who eats turkey. Right. So I don't like I don't like poetry, but my Christmas dinner is for since I was a child. Since mm. I was a child is Yorkshire pudding. It's the only day of the year that I eat Yorkshire pudding as well. Mm. Yorkshire pudding, roast potatoes, red cabbage, and the best gravy, and then I'm happy. That is my Christmas dinner. Well, but we always have a bird on the table, so you have to have a bird on the table. You enjoy, you enjoy. It's always great to I've chat with darling. you I've during been. during the, the year. Elkermanley from. Um, Sosta, uh, food for Christmas and the food positivities. Thank you very much for that, Elk. Have a nice Christmas. Now, I, there's a thing, like, you know, the way people sort of <clears throat> twisted the dark into light, actually made something out of the, the negativity and the shutdowns and the restrictions. People who made something out of it. And it, she talked, for example, about the place down the side of the Metropole. Like, the food, I tell you something, I used to go down there for Friday, I often have lunch in town on a Friday when I finish up, and the number of times I pop down there, because the food was just so good down that little street, and we really have, you know, as a city, and I think talking earlier on with the Minister about how, as Irish people, we've been brilliant throughout this, the vast majority, of us, there's a few gobshites, but there's gobshites everywhere, but the vast majority of us have been just brilliant through this and we've minded each other and we've picked each other up and we've helped each other along and we've been fantastic and I'm just wondering you know was there anything that happened that sort of gave you cause to think you know what we'll be alright we'll be alright like what sort of little things did you see that ensured you or assured you rather that you know what we'll be okay we'll be grand was there something was there anything like that that assured you will be okay? Because um, I think there was mo- there was so much there was so much for me, so much for me. Eighteen fifty seven one five nine nine six. Now over Christmas, we also have to take account of the fact that we have a lot more light and a lot more electric and a lot more going on in our houses, and that can be dangerous. So as we I, I promised we'd do this. A couple of weeks ago, we're going to go back and talk to Cork City Fire Brigade about preparing for Christmas and the safety of the decorations in our houses. That's next. Can we just talk? The opinion line on Cork's 96 FM with McCarthy Insurance Group. Call them now for motor, home, business, farm, life, and health insurance. CMIG.ie.
We're playing all your favourite Christmas hits after midday on Cork's 96 FM. With your local mace, making it a Christmas full of smiles. Hi. Morning. Oh my gosh. Oh, God. What's I'm wrong, shaking. Joanne? What's wrong? She's a bit shaky. Shaking. I said, I tried to roll the cigarette and I'm shaking so much. And how many times has pop singer Madonna been married? Uh, Sean Penn, uh, the other lad, two. She was married to Sean Penn and Guy Ritchie. Yeah. Which means she was married twice and you've just won 2,000. Oh my god, you can roll a fag with a 50 euro note now. That is absolutely <laughs> incredible. <laughs> Another winner, there you go, go, go. The two grand minute. Listen to play at 7.40 and 8.40 every day. With phones, your Irish SIM-free specialist for 12 years. Any SIM, any network, any country. Phones.ie. Casey and Ross in the morning. On Cork's 96FM. Over Christmas, the house is full of lights and electrics and batteries and candles and all of that. Victor Shine is with Cork City Fire Brigade. Victor, good morning to you. Good morning, PJ. How are you this morning? Good. I'll start on a positive note, Victor. At least I think it's a positive note. It's my personal view that Christmas lights in general have become safer through the use of LED that don't generate heat. That's a start. But we kind of want to not take that for granted either. That's 100% PJ. Um, We have noticed a significant drop in uh, Christmas trees and outdoor electrical appliances going on fire due to the uh, low energy devices, LED bulbs and so on, you know, so it's a fantastic leap forward in technology, which has improved safety dramatically, but you still have the um, some of the old sets of Christmas lights still around and um, people when they're carrying out repairs may do them may do repairs inappropriately with um, jury rigging and so on like that. So if you have problems with lights, sometimes it's better to just replace them and update to um, modern technology. Yeah, because in fairness, they're quite reasonably priced as well. The one thing that worries me about them, Victor, are the little transformers uh, at the the end of the the cable that you plug into the wall. How safe are they? Can we we keep an eye to them? What What should we be looking out for? Now, obviously, air circulation has to be maintained around these transformers, whether it's a transformer for your Christmas lights, your transformer for your electric scooters, or even your laptops, your mobile phones, and so on. They all generate heat. They all have to be kept cool, so make sure that they're not in close contact with flammable materials and so on. And uh, again, make sure that they're in good working order and they're the appropriate charger for the device that you're using. Mm. How about candles? We still use a lot of candles. Again, loads of candles now replaced by an LED one that you switch on and switch off. But a good old-fashioned candle, are we are we using them safely? Um, as long as you're using candles within a stable uh, holder, okay, um, that the, the, the wax is falling into a retainer, um, that there's no flammable materials around curtains and so on in the vicinity of the flame. And um, general your general safety precautions, they have lovely fragrant candles all over the, the city now. And um, people are using them. They're using them a lot. They're great as gifts. But you do have to maintain your vigilance when uh, you are using these systems. But the, as you said yourself, the battery-operated candles 
they're so realistic now, you know. I use a lot of them myself, and uh, they are fantastic. Now, your colleagues in Dublin Fire Brigade were warning at the weekend about the dangers of lithium-ion batteries. And look, they're in practically everything. Um, something that's very popular this year, and there's going to be a lot of them, I'd say, for Christmas, scooters, charging scooters. Scooters, um, and obviously they're all being charged indoors. Um, they may be in apartments, flats, and so on, in very tight locations. And the some of them have very rapid, fast charging systems built in as well. These systems, the battery packs can get very hot. And um, generally when they're new, purchased from new, and they haven't been damaged, they're relatively safe to use. You know, you still have to have your uh, your um, caution when you're charging that they do uh, generate heat and so on and you've seen plenty of cases on YouTube where you had um, these devices uh, going on fire in uh, living spaces so um, from your literally your basic remote control toy to your scooter to your car all lithium batteries they need to be treated with respect ideally they're not left uh, charged without being monitored so you're keeping an eye on it, basically, and you're um, keeping them in an area that won't cause a great fire spread should mm. something go wrong. Are you, are you better, if you can, to charge a scooter in a garage or a large shed or somewhere where it is cooler? It would be, it would be ideal. And again, as I said, plenty of um, air circulation around it and no flammable material close by. That, that's your best, yeah. you know, solution. What, what's the but, best um, thing to do if you find that a battery has gotten too hot or is starting to take... If you discover the start of a battery fire, what can you do? Yeah, it's it, it's immediately unplugged the device anyway, you know, so uh, turn off the power supply. And because of the battery packs and the lithium-ion iron packs, they're small little batteries compressed into a large block. And it's the... Sometimes it's the centre core of this block becomes faulty and you get... A, a term called thermal runaway, which each cell then will heat the next cell and the situation gets worse. So they are difficult to extinguish, but if you can unplug it from the mains, okay, you can use your simple water supply on it, but then it must be made uh, remote from the power well, supply. Can you use unplug water on, on a battery fire? Because there is a belief that you can't. Can you? Yes, you can. Yeah. Okay. So if it's, um, if, if, if it's disconnected from the mains, obviously, yeah. If, if it's if it's disconnected from the mains, this was a phenomenon that uh, it, it started years ago with aircraft and laptops being used in airplanes and being able to plug them in. And they were looking at different means of um, extinguishing the fire. It's cooling. The battery pack is the main thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, they found actually ice water was one of the good systems that they, they came up with. Well, should, should there but, be a fire uh, blanket in every house? From feature. the mains. Of course there should be. Every single domestic uh, property should have a fire blanket and a small uh, extinguisher, multi-purpose extinguisher that can deal with your fires. Mm. Do you, you know, know what I it's, saw? It's the cheapest. I saw a video, I, I think it was TikTok uh, over the last few days, and this, this guy, now it, it frightened the life out of me. This fella had a pot on the stove and the pot started to go up. And what did he do? He took it off the stove, and it's the most natural thing in the world to do. He turned on the cold tap, and before you know it, he's got a flash a flash fire. If a, if a, if a yes, pot goes up on Christmas Day when you're cooking the dinner, and a pot takes fire, what, what do you do? Um, again, it this goes back to typically the either the, the old 
a chip pan fire where you had oil inside in a pan. And this could be something shallow frying with a small amount of oil. It's turn off the heat and your ideal thing is your fire blanket over it or a lid on top of the of the uh, cooking utensil as well. And um, But if you're not happy, if it, you feel it's not safe to go that close to it, it's walk away, close the door and call for help. Yeah. It's the water, when it hits the oil, turns to steam. The steam obviously expands and causes the oil to atomize and cause a big fireball then. And this is where the substantial burns are caused to um, yeah. the person trying to extinguish yeah, the fire. It was quite a frightening video, actually, Victor. I felt for the guy in it because it was like whatever pot he had on, he literally just threw it in under the cold tap. And before you know it, it was like a big flash bomb. I really felt sorry for the guy. Yes, yeah, we would, uh, in, um, in, in in the good times, two years ago or 20 months ago, we used to do demonstrations with chip and fires and stuff like that, mm. where we could actually demonstrate that to the public, and you could feel the heat wave coming from the um, mm. the fire that was being People extinguished. People still use chip Unfortunately, they do, and predominantly we find them in the... Um, the the smaller accommodations, whether it's um, small flats, student accommodation type scenarios, you know, it's uh, the rental type properties would be the main locations we'd see this um, type of scenario. Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, I, I, no, I, no one who, who loves their chips will disagree that they probably make the nicest chips known to men, but they're deadly dangerous. Deadly dangerous. You have to have the right equipment to have the the right quality of chip. <laughs> indeed, indeed you do. We, we, we must set that challenge someday ourselves. <laughs> Victor, will you guys, I, I imagine, obviously all the stations will be fully manned according to according to a roster Christmas Day. Who's working in city centre Christmas Day? Are you on yourself? Um, I'm rostered officer for, for Christmas, so I'm on, uh, on call literally from now until the 27th. So um, any kind of substantial issues or uh, operational issues that will come up, I'll be kind of having a look at it. And um, I'll be in kind of a, on Christmas morning wishing our lads, you know, a happy Christmas as well. And just, you know, keeping an eye on the, on the, the city as things are going. And is, it one of the, is it one of the busiest days of the year or what? No, in fairness, no, I, I must say people's um, level of safety awareness has increased so much. Um, we did have a fatality um, a, a, a number of years back out in Ballincollig, if you can remember the case, without just bringing it to I memory. Think I can, yeah. But, uh, yeah, so um, we do have uh, fatalities on Christmas, so it's something that we don't like to think about and try not to remember, but it happens, and it's just a, an awareness for people that, you know, um, we don't know when or where something is to go wrong, but uh, caution your smoke alarms, your carbon monoxide detectors, all should be functioning. Mm. And just take your general safety precautions, plug out all your Christmas lights, make the house safe, close all your doors, and it buys you a substantial amount of time should something go wrong. Mm, It's amazing how much time you can get to get people out of the situation if you follow the simple procedures. And if you haven't got one already, get out and buy get a, one. Fire, Please get a fire one. It's, blanket. It's, it's one of your best Christmas gifts you can give to somebody, a carbon monoxide detector and a smoke detector and in the appropriate places in your house. Yeah, and and maybe a, a fire blanket or two and, and all of that. And a fire blanket and a small fire extinguisher as well. All right. They're very cheap. 
they last a long time, you know, yeah. and uh, it could save a life. All right. OK, listen, Victor, good luck to you and to all of your colleagues and thank you for your contributions uh, throughout the year and uh, for always being there at the end of the phone for us. Victor Shine of Cork City Fire Brigade. They'll be working right across the Christmas season. Yeah, those battery fires, they, I, they, I saw some scary video on them and... Uh, the video that I was particularly watching said that really the safest thing to have is a fire blanket. You really do need a fire blanket for any kind of a battery fire like that that goes up because it'll contain it. It'll contain it. Uh, yeah. Oh. 1850-715-996. Reminded to you, Christmas morning. Uh, youngest Bucks will be here between 11 and 3 for the Christmas Day cracker. It's for those who can't make it home we want to bring them a little bit closer. Your nearest or dearest, no matter where they are in the world, uh, someone who's up for a chat, get in touch because we're putting it together as we speak. Email those details to reception at 96fm.ie. Reception at 96fm.ie. The Christmas Day Cracker is on from 11 o'clock, only on Cork's 96FM. Can we just talk? The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. With McCarthy Insurance Group. Call in person or call them now. They don't just talk the talk, they walk the walk. CMIG.ie Simon Murdoch and the best music mix. Weekdays from midday on Cork's 96FM. Helping you through Monday afternoon, live on your radio from 12 with all the biggest tunes, plenty of festive tracks as well. And what are your unpopular Christmas opinions? Talk to you from midday here on Cork's 96FM. Mick sent this in to us at the end of last week and he said with all the restrictions coming back or some of them at least coming back for Christmas and people feeling a bit put out about it and discommoded and discombobulated and just downright pissed off let's put a plain English on it as to what is facing us over the next month or six weeks hopefully not much longer than that he sent this in there's only three or four verses um, and I will read it because it's appropriate I think uh, he said he wrote it in a bit of a temper at the start of the first lockdown and he wanted to see would we read it for you look it's Christmas week we'll do that a demon without a face a plague to hurt the human race tears and pain are what you bring yet as a nation we'll stand and we'll sing streets deserted not a soul in sight but the people here accept the fight. We'll beat this, that's for sure. But talk about it forevermore. The news that people see and hear has generated gripping fear. The smiles that greet us day by day have, for now, all but gone away. Be safe, be healthy, but also kind. Keep one thought in your mind. A sunshine day will one day come for you and me, but sadly, not for some. Look forward to the things you miss such as the warmth of a young one's, a loved one's kiss. Because, my friends, we will reach a place where we'll beat the demon without a face. I like that, Mick, and well done, and I changed it a little bit just to suit the read, but I hope you'll understand that. Another one is that, that great song that, uh, was it Rachel asked me to play for her? Do you remember Rachel, whose rapist was jailed there uh, before Christmas, and she asked me to play the Dermot Kennedy song, Better Days. I was around town... Or where? Yeah, yesterday afternoon, actually. And I was in a shop and I was picking up a few bits and pieces and it came on the sound system and I just stopped to listen to it. What a fantastic song. I'm one of the people who picked up a drink after 18 years. Put Michael Gear and Nerdy Run. 
Picked up a drink after 18 years. It's so true. One drink and it's all over. Um, sober now, but it's a living nightmare trying to stay sober. And I know if I drink again, I'll die. Wishing everyone a safe Christmas. And amazing the number of people out there who fear something going wrong with their back over the Christmas. Big response to that. Now, tomorrow is the 21st of December, the winter solstice. Some people mistakenly call it Midwinter's Day, but it is not so. It is not so. It is the winter solstice. In fact, effectively, essentially, it is the start of winter uh, in terms of the uh, the stars and the planets and all of that. And it's Newgrange Day. And the wonderful, wonderful thing that happens every year at Newgrange is being live streamed because uh, they can't bring people into the chamber. So they're live streaming it in the morning. Fiona, you're you're big into this, Fiona McAuliffe. This is a, a Hi, hobby, a hobby horse. How are you, girl? It's a hobby horse of yours. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Have, oh, you my ever, passion, ha, have you ever managed to get up there? I have. I've been up there a few times, all right. But unfortunately, I haven't been on the, managed to get myself onto the coveted waiting list to get into the chamber. But you're with the COVID and everything. Nobody's allowed in there now anyway. Yeah. So. Even, even when they can get in, they only have about 10 people in, isn't that right? Yeah, this is it, this is it. And I, I, for years, like people, like, my God, since the 90s, I don't think they've been accepting new names on the list. So, uh, but it's it's a huge advantage. One of the, the few advantages of COVID is that they've really gotten their act together with the live streaming of the solstice inside Newgrange. So it's exciting. Mm. Um, except for the fact that we don't have uh, much sunlight. We didn't have any real sunlight last year and uh, there was no no sunlight as such today either when the, the live stream ha- streaming happened for the light going down the entrance chamber. Will I, will I give you a quick synopsis of how do, it works? Do. The, the, there's, there's, a, there's a hole in the opening of Newgrange and it leads into a chamber yes. and the sun's rays for a couple of mornings a year but always on the 21st hit that and it lights up a chamber inside. Just explain it. Exactly. So it's when the sun is at the lowest point in the sky is the solstice. And uh, which is at this time of the year, 2024, 20th to the 22nd. And uh, on a bright day when the sun is shining on the 21st, 22nd, the, the light is meant to shine right down the chamber to an inner chamber where there would have been cremated remains. And it's supposed to mark rebirth and new beginnings. Um, so, you know, kind of like the idea of the um, the spirits of the people who lived there would have been taken away from the bodies and gone up to heaven on that day kind of a thing. Mm. It's one of the interpretations of it. Um, It's a a Neolithic monument, Neolithic meaning New Stone Age, and that would have been the same time as the first farmers started in Ireland. How long ago are we talking? Uh, Because it it took huge knowledge, I would have thought, huge knowledge of mathematics and physics. Yes, absolutely, yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. A lot of um, a, a lot of work and a, a lot of intelligence. Yes. Um, so three thousand two hundred BC is the um, the rough date for Newgrange, which is five thousand years ago, older than the pyramids. Um, one of my favourite facts about Newgrange is that it's about a thousand years older than the pyramids in Egypt. Um, so yeah, like it's the the inner chamber is aligned um, perfectly. So it would have been a huge um, engineering genius and astronomers. But you know, also I suppose kind of thinking back to those days, you know, obviously electricity wasn't invented yet. So 
those people would have probably spent a lot of time looking up at the sky and looking at the stars yeah. and understanding like, the position of everything. Have, they didn't even have a pencil and paper, let alone a calculator, to work it out, like. Yeah, yeah. It's incredible. It. Yeah, it is, yeah. Um, but w- one theory that was put to me that kind of intrigued me as well was, you know, with the first farmers, sunlight would have been so important for growing growing crops. Sure. And, um, you know, w- the warmth of the sun, and therefore they felt like they were nearly controlling the sun by you know, getting it to go down through this chamber was their way of controlling the sun and ensuring that the sun would come back next year in mm. order to have good crops again. There's a... You know, a, a very down-to-earth like. There's a kind of a... Is it a tradition or is it a, an old wives' tale or what is it? That if the light is dim, it doesn't bode yeah. well for the fortunes of the next 12 months. Oh God, I'd be kind of superstitious that way as well, PJ, to be honest with you. Mm. Especially the last few years with COVID and everything, I've been secretly hoping every year, wouldn't it be brilliant if the light shone down the the inner chamber of Newgrange and then everything turned around and we started to prosper again. Yeah. It's a bit... Um, it's an old superstition. It's a bit deep. I mean, the, ch- the, chance, yeah. <laughs> the chances... Oh, you can, I suppose, but the chances of getting a crystal clear morning on the 21st of December in Ireland are few and far between. Yeah. You know, four- Well, you know, there has been sunny days, but what's strange is, and I remember it happening, happening last year as well, there was actually a fog weather warning this weekend in the Midlands, like, just gone. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, as in, like, there has been sunshine, but not this week in the last couple of years. Yeah, it hasn't uh, happened that, in a couple of years my now. That's amazing. So. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, but you know, um, uh, you know, uh, uh, other than that, though, <laughs> yeah. uh, it is, it's such an amazing uh, monument. And if anyone can get up there, you can book it, uh, book it online on the OPW website and, mm. you know, go all year round. And they're amazing up there. They actually have a lamp that they shine down the chamber. So oh, do they? Oh, brilliant. They do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's they, a no, is there something down in West Cork where we get a kind of a strange phenomenon tomorrow morning as well? Yes. But not in the morning. Drumbeg Stone Circle down near Glandor. Now, that's actually, their solstice is in the evening. So it's a sunset. Right. So for people who aren't great at getting up early in the morning, like myself, um, it's handy you go down there for sunset. So around half four or five o'clock this evening, tomorrow evening or the evening after. Mm. Now, again, I've gone down there a couple of times myself and the same thing again. If it, if the sun isn't shining, you're not going to see anything. But it's a stone circle and there's a stone alignment. And at a certain time of the day, the, the sun will hit the stone, the stones to create an alignment. And, and it's an evening solstice. Wow. So. Wow. Yeah, yeah well, if the, anyone's the time, heading I'm down looking, West Cork. There's a great app, actually, that I have. Um, sun, sunrise and sunset, 24 hours a day, or tw- tw- 365 oh, yeah. days a year, no matter where you are. So for Cork tomorrow, sunrise tomorrow morning in Cork is 8.39. That's 20 to okay. 9. And then sunset is at 16.25, which is 25 past yes. 4. But guess what happens Around at exactly four, yeah. one minute to one minute to four tomorrow, Fiona? And I love this. Yes. People arguing. Everywhere we we're all we're all taught the seasons in school, and I've been arguing for years that we're all taught wrong. Do you know what happens? <laughs> Do you know what happens at exactly one minute to four tomorrow? What? It officially becomes winter. What? Yes, exactly. No one way. minute to four tomorrow is officially the meteorological astrological winter. Exactly one oh, minute I- to four. Tomorrow afternoon. So it's not November, no. Not at all. 
That was only that was only that was only that was only folklore. That was. <laughs> Listen, it all one, makes so much more sense now have a lovely Christmas with the family PJ happy Yule and a bright solstice to you sir take care <laughs> cheers thanks Fiona 1857159 yeah that's it I have this wonderful app on my phone and it's the name of it is just sunrise sunset it's like a big shining sun you go to any day of the year and it'll tell you and tomorrow at exactly one this is for all the people now who start going saying February and March and April and November no First, one minute to four tomorrow, it officially becomes winter. I know you probably don't care. 1850-715-996. Jer says for anyone with backache problems, Aldi is selling a shiatsu neck and back massager for 39 yo-yos. It's amazing. Thanks, Jer. Uh, PJ, I have back pain for years. I only found out lately my pelvic bone narrowed from wear and tear from my job over the years. I'm constantly going... Trust me, I'm in agony with this. At the same time, finding out about that, I was diagnosed with, oh God, you poor thing, fibromyalgia as well. Swelling of joints. I'm in a lot of pain every day. I can't even lie on my back sometimes. I'm still working and it makes the situation worse. I'm like a 90-year-old bent over after work. Yeah, yeah. Now, um, there's something else happening in in the skies at the moment called a Venus retrograde. Now, we've We've heard of a Mercury retrograde, but I've no idea what a Venus retrograde is. But I think we should probably take note of it. Kate Arben. Hi, Kate. Hello. How are you? Good. What is a Venus retrograde and why should I care about it? Okay. Well, as you've been talking about the Mercury retrograde, in effect, in a technical sense, it's the same idea. It's when a planet appears to go backwards. So it's Venus's turn to go backwards. That's all it is in terms of difference on a technical level. All the planets go backwards for a period of time uh, in different cycles. So this is as they move across the sky, it appears to go backwards for a while. Right. And it does it. Yeah, exactly. It does it periodically and it's predictable, is it? It is. It is. Absolutely. So Venus will do this uh, approximately every um, 18 months or so. So, oh, so yes, once, once in 18 months. So if you think of an eight year period, it'll do this in five times in eight years. Right. Right. Okay, so and that's very predictable. Yeah, and and Venus, yeah. we we can often and, see Venus with the naked eye because it gets very very bright in the sky. Oh, so so what absolutely. does it have? Does it have an effect? This retrograde. Of course, it does. Yes, uh, as an astrologer, absolutely, I I see it as that because what happens is when a planet goes retrograde, it's an abnormal. It's a it's a contrary movement, of course. So so it affects us in a contrary way. So it's the nature of the planet. We know that Mercury, for example, we're very familiar with that. It does it uh, four maybe four times, three to four times a year. That's about communications. That's Mercury's domain. Venus is about our relationships and what we value. It's all about what's really important to us, what we want to share, what we want to include more of. So that's the kind of thing that this retrograde has an impact on. So it's the affairs of the heart, but it's also it's to do with anything that we we give value to. So that's also our money, our self-esteem, those kind of things, the things we want more of in life and what we want to share our life with, the good stuff. And what no. do we need to so that's out? the area of life. What do, what do we need to Okay, for? well, one, 
Well, it's not, it's, you know, you don't have to, it's not like an asteroid's going to land on the planet and, and destroy anything. You know, it's not, it's not yeah. a calamity. It's just that um, it's a time to really not push forward in those affairs. So in the affairs of money and the heart, and uh, even, you know, even your purchases, you know, when you, you desire something, you want it, you go out and buy it. That's very Venus. Um, so it's to be careful of those things. So it's the nature of the sign that it's in that makes a difference. And it's in Capricorn and, and it's also there with Pluto. So this is why this particular Venus retrograde is getting a lot of um, airtime and a lot of attention mm. because it's it's really quite hard hitting. So what we need to be aware of is that um, we may need to reevaluate what's important to us, mm. what we value, what we want with us. We may find that some of those things are a bit scarce or, or they pull back and they hold back. Uh, so we need to be aware of maybe um, money, money flow, Love flow. What will be interesting oh, to you now is you, you are now talking to a Capricornian. So, what should I be doing? Okay. So, <laughs> well, reflecting on what you value, checking out other relationships that you've got working for you. Are they are they ones you want to invest in? So it's really a case of it sounds very sort of materialistic, but are you investing your time, your energy, your fortunes? in the right thing so as anybody can be looking at this but capricorns in particular are going to be are going to be there's a lot going on for capricorns time their time of year but it's um it's a it can be quite a hard-hitting time because we may have revelations we might realize when we take a a moment to look back and we might realize that we've been investing in the wrong thing or that it's not giving us what we want uh but also when things are going well it can reaffirm it's a time of going yes i made the right choice i made the right decision i'm in the right place with the right person oh, so, so it's a reflection it's not necessarily time. a time to be worried like no no absolutely not i mean you know obviously you know we you know scare tactics make headlines you know but it's so it's not we don't have to worry necessarily only if things aren't working well for you it's a time of adjusting and that's why it's actually very productive particularly in capricorn capricorns work hard at things you know and they want solid foundations you know so it's this capricorn energy of let's make sure we really have lots of value you know, what will stand the test of time? And if it won't, then perhaps now's the time to, it will either go or, you know, it, you can get rid of it. It's always better to be proactive, you know, don't wait for something to be taken, you know, discard it first when it's, you know. Um, so that's the kind of energy. That's really where we can put our time and attention is, is really, have we, what do we really value? You know, have we, have we put a, do we value the time and tested, tried and true? You know, it's that sort of energy. Have we got what will stand the test of time? You know, we don't want flimsy things, people, flimsy goods, you know. So Cap, this energy is like, yes, is is this what we want? And time will it time to reflect on the things that really matter anyway. Exactly. That's exactly it. Absolutely. And I mean, it's a, it's the time of year for that, you know, yeah. but it's just this Venus retrograde at this moment is very much putting our time, uh, our attention into this time, this kind of energy, this this area to reflect on. All right, listen, uh, good to talk to you. Kate Arbon from Kate Arbon Astrological Services. So we have entered a Venus retrograde. And if you happen to be a Capricorn like I am, be careful and sit and take time to consider the things that are actually worth having in your life. I think that's probably good advice at any time of the year. All right, that's it. The programme today, edited by Fergal Barry, produced and researched by Katie O'Keefe. I know we had a lot of stuff that 
you're sick and tired of COVID and all of that. We'll do our level best to ease that off during the week. But for now, we're back tomorrow, just after nine. Can we just talk? The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. With McCarthy Insurance Group. Call them now for motor, home, business, farm, life and health insurance. CMIG.ie. So, you've got an idea for a business. The store of your dreams. There's just one thing to figure out. Everything. That's why Shopify's all-in-one commerce platform makes it easy to sell online, in person and everywhere else. Sell on social media source products with an app to get that first sale feeling. It's the only solution that gives you everything you need to sell everywhere you want. So when you're ready to bring your idea to life, power it up with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. 